1: Oh, first section of the new notebook's done. <laughs> That's what happens when I write too much here. Uh, it's Monday. It's freezing here. It's, it's uh, Florida just got cold. Uh, so I'll take that last a little bit of the bottom of that page. I like to start the page with a, you know, with a what's the date anyway? 11, what's it, 14, 15? 14. Okay, there we go. 14. We had a great show Friday. Um, that people don't realize because, unless you listen all the time, but uh, I like to do shows on the holidays. Because holidays is really special, and it gives me time to talk about things that I don't normally get a ch- chance to talk about because every other day something's happening, especially these days. So there's a lot of times I will um, do a, a very special holiday show. And I, I think I talked about this Friday, too. But uh, just in case you weren't here and didn't know that we had a live show for Friday. Um, Martin Luther King Day, I read the I Have a Dream speech uh, by Martin Luther King. Um, July 4th, I read, uh, we actually, we all read. We get, I get as many reporters as I can to read the Declaration of Independence. Each person kind of takes a section. Once we have Memorial Day, we read the poetry of, of soldiers uh, written in combat. Uh, labor Day, I do labor history. And Jonathan Mosley really helped me with that this time. And for Veterans Day, we talked about World War One. And so the reason I talked about World War One is because very few other people are talking about World War One. Uh, it was fascinating. Uh, Steve Bannon, on, uh, after my show, on his show was, was talking about World War One uh, because it's Armistice Day. You know, the rest of the world knows Veterans Day is Armistice Day. The United States is the only country I know that, that calls it Veterans Day. And I'm not sure why. That, sure, why we don't call it Armistice Day because we were in World War One. In fact, that was probably the biggest problem with World War One is that we were in it uh, in terms of of strategy, not in terms of death and mayhem and you know mass. Uh, you know, just mass um, massacres, you know, that went on. I mean, millions of people died, uh, mostly men. Millions of men died in World War I, you know, charging with bayonets into uh, barbed wire and machine guns and artillery shells. <laughs> it was really unbelievably stupid and wasteful. And yet they, they kept sending wave after wave of men to run into barbed wire and machine gun fire and artillery. And it was just it was just the total carnage, total waste. Anyway, that's what makes it so fascinating to me that people could actually be that wasteful for so long and not stop, (laughs) not do something else and not say, wait a minute, we're not going to do this anymore. And to have have the United States under Woodrow Wilson go into a war that we had no business in other than to sink German U-boats that were going after our shipping. Uh, It was a European war and there have been European wars for centuries before there was the United States. We had no business being there. Uh, but yeah, Woodrow Wilson wants to make the world safe for democracy. <laughs> have you heard that before recently? Like this election, that, where democracy was on the ballot. Apparently, well, the fact that there is a ballot <laughs> proves there is somewhat of a democracy. But uh, the whole point is that uh, you want to keep democracy away from a republic. Otherwise, you quickly run into socialism, communism, Nazism, fascism, and any of the other totalitarianisms that you do not want. That's the whole purpose of democracy. <laughs> you know, people say, well, we have to celebrate the ancient Greeks for democracy. Well, it died out, you know, rather quickly. <laughs> so I don't know what you're celebrating. But uh, the, the ancient Greek democracy didn't last a whole long time. The Roman Republic lasted uh, 800 years, I think, or something like that. The, the Greek democracy, eh, not so long. You know. And so there's a reason for that, because uh, as Ben Franklin said, as soon as the uh, uh, the bottom 51% of the population realizes they can vote themselves the top 49% money, it's over, folks, and so that's that's kind of where we are now, which is why I have a constitutional amendment to take away the power of Congress to borrow money. And so once we do that, then uh, they can't borrow it, they can't spend it, they have to uh, take it, and people will only let them take so much before voting, you know, certain people out of office. Well, then maybe not. Maybe maybe I'm speaking too soon. This election, uh, the title of the show today: If you don't fix 2020, there won't be a 2022. That's something I said ever since the 2020 election. And I said it for a long time, and I forgot partially – well, I kind of forgot it. Uh, even though I got caught up in this, this sort of red wave thing for a little bit. So, well, if they're, if they're, this is what they're all forecasting, and this is, they're absolutely sure of this. And this is, you know, I should have been skeptical, right? I should have known better. But I didn't, you know, and I, I, I can get caught up in things, too. I'm only human. And so I'm thinking, okay, fine. Well, if there's such a red wave, why aren't they going for a two-thirds majority? I mean, if, there, if this red wave is that good – And, and of course, we know Brandon is that bad. I mean, I'm still trying to figure out how, uh, you know, uh, a a person occupying the White House illegally. uh, First of all, I'm trying to figure out why why there's a person occupying the White House illegally. That's the first question. The second question, if there is a person occupying the White House illegally uh, and they only have a 30 percent approval rating, how is it that uh, Congress is still half Democrat or maybe more than that? That doesn't make any sense. So there's there's a certain logic to this. Of course, Brandon doesn't make sense either. You know, it is impossible for anybody with any degree of intellectual capacity to rationalize the fact that somebody who never did well in any national election, who was not a popular figure nationally, who sucked when it came to national politics, would somehow beat the most popular president in anybody's memory, certainly in all of our lifetimes, who brought unparalleled prosperity, safety, security, economics, jobs, you know, uh, energy and everything else to this country. And suddenly somebody who was sitting in a basement, who never campaigned, who was at best barely mentally capable of doing anything suddenly beat the most popular president in anybody's memory in anybody's lifetime who brought unparalleled prosperity, safety, and security to this country, that's impossible to believe. Okay. So even on the face of it, even if you don't know any of the numbers, you can't believe that Joe Biden beat Donald Trump in 2020. I don't care what anybody says. There is no logic. There is no reason. There is no capacity to rationalize despite your most productive proactive, you know, creative imagination to drum up a scenario when that can actually take place honestly and fairly. It simply can't be done. There is no way to rationalize that action. And yet here we are, which means that they had to, so the, only other, slow down, Greg, the only other alternative is that they had to steal the election, which is, of course, what they did. So when someone says, well, you're an election denier, well, I said, you're living in a fantasy land if you think that Joe Biden be Donald Trump in an honest election. So, no, so it's one thing they can call a to not, We need a really bad term for them. Let's call them election fantasy. No, what's what's a good? Uh, you, you know, we need we need a term that makes them seem like idiots. <laughs> you know, you're an election. Uh, somebody help me out here. Two one five three eight three three eight three two, or or get your live chat going. You know, election fantasy, or no election. Um non election denier see the left is always good at coming up with these terms it's like gun control, very successful term, incredibly inaccurate I mean it's told why because there is no such thing legally. Uh, the constitution precludes gun control, and yet you know everybody knows the term so I need a term let me think I'll have to work on this one. I need a term that sort of says election uh creator <laughs> there we go you 're an election creator you're you know you're you're uh um, you 're a coup enabler you know that's all you then maybe that 's it you know maybe you 're a you know, a coup enabler. You know, or you're a, you know, election stealing enabler. That's too long. All right. So I just said, well, you're an election denier. Well, you're an election stealer. Oh, there we go. That's the term, election stealer. That's the one, election stealer. You're an election stealer. That's what you believe, and you believe in stealing elections. Or well, you can't prove that. Well, you can't prove he won either. <laughs> you, yeah, we can't prove he, he didn't win, but you cannot prove he won because you cannot produce enough valid ballots to show that Joe Biden won the election. You can't. Because they're all mixed in. All the frauds are mixed in. The signatures are, are all whitewashed. There's, there's no way. So when some, first of all, the burden of proof is on, on the ballot to prove it's legal. It's not on us to prove it's illegal. You know, ballots are not like people. People have a presumption of innocence. You know, ballots have a presumption of guilt. <laughs> You know, ballots have a presumption of fraud until they're proven legal. And so when someone says to you, well, you can't, there's no election fraud. There's no proof of that. I said, there's mountains of proof. You just haven't looked. All right. You're like the person who lives 100 feet underground, uh, never comes out and says, well, of course, there's no sunshine. There's no evidence of sunshine. Well, of course, there's no evidence of sunshine. You're 100 feet underground. You've never looked. Same thing here. If someone says you're an election denier, well, you're an election stealer. You are part of the election steal. By by perpetuating this myth that, that Biden could possibly have beaten Donald Trump in a fair election. OK, so let's bring us. So I, I said and I said for most of the last two years that if they don't fix 2020. Uh, we'll never have a 2022. Well, guess what? <laughs> you know, they didn't fix 2020. You know, Brandon's still in the White House. He should have been he should be uh, either in jail as, as part of a coup. You know, we, we in fact, uh, all and this would be a great campaign, too. All the folks in the D.C. jail, all the Trump supporters that are there from January 6th should be replaced by the coup. How come the how come the patriots are in jail and the coup people are out running the country? There's a good question for you. How, you know, and I'll ask it again. How come the patriots are in jail and the, the people who stole the government are out running around free? In fact, they're, even, they're still in the government. OK, so there's a good question. So we need to replace the patriots you know, in the D.C. jail with the people that stole the election. That's a simple that's a simple thing. You know, if crime doesn't pay, why are they still running around? You know, if if we have due process and we have the things we talk about, why why are the, the the free people in jail and the guilty people out free? There's something wrong here. We're in Alice in Wonderland. You know, we're in a reverse reality. We're in a place we should not be in. We should not be here. Okay. If if the natural course of events had taken place, if they hadn't interfered with the election, the the coup I'm talking about, you know, not the not the not the Trump supporters, but the coup. If the coup had not stolen the election, we'd be in unparalleled prosperity again. So would the rest of the world, by the way. You know, because we would still have unlimited energy. Uh, we would still have, you know, cost-effective. We'd have a supply chain. We'd have productivity. We'd have jobs rolling in. We'd have no, uh, no invasion of illegals. You know, the border would be sealed. Uh, we'd have the Abraham Accords in the Middle East. North Korea would not be testing nuclear whistles, missiles, whistles, <laughs> missiles. I'm talking too fast again. I must be excited. I think I got sleep last night. That's always a bad sign. Plus, I'm freezing. <laughs> I think I get my mouth moving fast enough. Maybe I'll warm up a, a little bit outside. What well, was the temperature outside. Let's take a look here. It's bad. Uh, it is, according to my my, um, my uh, iPhone here, Milton, Milton, Florida, the center of the universe. In fact, it's so cold my computer isn't even, my phone isn't even able to register the weather yet. I try not to use my computer too much during the show because a lot of the memory is taken up by the show. Well, we'll just let that sit a while. We'll co- oh, here it comes. It is comfortable, 38 degrees. <laughs> Cold out there. Oh, yeah, I could turn the heat. Yeah, sure I could. But, you know, I uh, actually operate better when it's not too hot. All right. So this is where we are right now. I don't even know the, the latest results. Uh, it's still so early. I think we'll get them. But suffice it to say that not only did the red waves not happen, not only did the red ripple not happen, you know, that I, we talked about last week, but there's a good chance that uh, they actually lost both houses of Congress again. That is, again, intellectually impossible. It is impossible to believe. That when you have no supply chain, no energy, outrageous costs for gasoline, you know, a, a, a stolen election, a person trying to force everybody out of uh, the fuels that do work into fuels that don't work by using electricity, which is fueled by the fuels that do work, <laughs> you know, contrary to Bobby belief, the organic fuels, oil, coal, natural gas, and uranium, the naturally produced organic fuels that come from the earth that God gave us so that we could uh, use that kind of stuff and, uh, and replace carbon. With, uh, by, burning, uh, by burning organic fuels, which we are part of the carbon cycle, folks, like it or not, I absolutely believe now that the, uh, the Industrial Revolution is part of the natural evolution of the Earth by uh, having us burn uh, hydrocarbon fuel, in other words, oil, coal, natural gas, uh, in our internal combustion engines in one form or another uh, to replace carbon lost to the atmosphere, to all the plants, so the plants can grow, we can grow, we can have plenty of food, and the world will be a much better and safer place, just like what happened when the world warmed up. You know, many, many hundreds of years ago, and there was unparalleled uh, prosperity in the world, unparalleled food. Uh, Greenland was actually green, and the Vikings visited the rest of the world and discovered America with Leif Erikson. <laughs> okay, so there's your there's your instant history lesson. Uh, I'm on a roll today. Like I say, I just get too much sleep. This is what happens. So I got lots to talk about. Um, but uh, you know, election steal. You're an election stealer. That's not you are. You steal elections. Yeah, keep that term in mind. I like to rephrase everything. Um, if I possibly can, one way or another, it's going to happen. All right, so I got a new campaign I'm starting. It's called Republicans Don't Matter. That's a, uh, Republicans don't matter. Let me mark the time here, 712. <laughs> so I can I'm I start to do better show notes. I'm actually going to write the times down as I say something uh, controversial. So Republicans don't matter. They don't. The Republican Party does not matter. Now, there are certain Republicans that do. There's some great Republicans. You know, my own uh, Congressman Matt Gaetz, pretty good guy, right? He's still not on the show, so he's not perfect, you know. But uh, we'll, we'll work on that. Uh, that's just a matter of time, and uh, and once we make our big breakthroughs with uh, the Trump campaign, I'll say once we join the Trump campaign and become the the source of of their agenda of citizen legislation. Oh yeah, yeah, we're going to get a whole lot of attention here at Action Radio. So stand by, it's coming. Just a matter of time. We'll, we'll get there. Uh, anyway. Um, maybe I should slow down talking. I don't know if the, the processor can handle the speed at which I you know verbalize. Maybe I should slow down to Dennis Prager speed. And now I have some news for you to talk about. It's rather significant. Okay, that's Dennis Prager. <laughs> Sorry. Action Radio is 10 times the value of Dennis Prager simply because we use 10 times more words. No, I love Dennis Prager. Don't get me wrong. I'm just teasing. He's a brilliant man. All right. But the Republicans don't matter. They simply don't. And I want you to start running around saying that. You want to cause some controversy? You want, you want to get all the Republican groups upset with you? Well, they're already upset with me, so I'm not, it's not like I'm losing anything, okay? So Republicans don't matter. The Republican Party does not matter. It simply doesn't matter. Why doesn't it matter? Because they don't care. They don't do anything. They're content to surrender. They're content to be losers. They've been losers for a hundred years. They've never openly really advocated. The only time I think they really, well, they were pretty good under, under, under Nixon until we found out that Nixon was a crook. And, and they're really good under Ronald Reagan, uh, but that was because of Ronald Reagan, not because of the Republicans. Republicans hated Ronald Reagan. Um, they were, they were, they were horrible under Trump because they, they let the impeachments go forward. They let, uh, um, they let oh yeah, so they were the minority party, Greg. Yeah, they were the only the minority party in 2018 because they let the Democrats steal about seven or eight uh, House seats uh, out in California, and Nevada, and you know the same places they're stealing them now, right? Okay, we'll get into that in a minute. But yeah, so that's why the House uh, was Democrat in 2018. So the Republican geldings, the the gelding old party, the party that doesn't matter. All right. Let the Democrats steal the election in 2018. And that's what brought about the impeachments and ruined the last couple of years of the Trump administration, uh, simply because they also allowed for, for COVID to dominate things when the Republicans should have said, no, early treatments count. Early treatments matter. You know, we've got hydroxychloroquine. We've got ivermectin. We don't need a vaccine. That's what they should have said, but they didn't because they're geldings. All right. And they fell under the spell of one Dr. Fascist, who is a sort of a, a combination of uh, Joseph Mangala and Joseph Goebbels. Uh, sort of rolled into one. If you don't know who those people are, look them up. They're, they're rather infamous in history. So Dr. Fascist, you know, ran the administration uh, under the uh, pandemic playbook, which is written by one Barack Obama who wanted to, who, this is this is his fourth term, really. So a lot of his third term, well, he had his, his third term as the second half of the Trump administration. And this is his fourth term where he's running Brandon. In fact, uh, the, you know, remember the movie Idiocracy? <laughs> we actually have an idiocracy, right? So the idiocracy is, uh, is building now. So the, I, I made this rule, that, this rule in the Brandon insurrection, the coup, that nobody can be smarter than Brandon and, and, and survive in the administration. And you look at all the people that are there, you know, the energy secretary, you know, who doesn't like uh, um, organic fuels and, and Buttigieg, transportation secretary, uh, secretary of state, you know, uh, secretary of defense. You look at any of these people, not one of them is smarter than Brandon. And Brandon has a natural mental decline. You know, I am sorry for him for that. But that doesn't mean he should be president. You know, Fetterman is another one. He had a stroke. Okay, take it easy. Do something you can do, but stay out of politics because you're not you're not you're not capable of being a senator. Not even close. All right. So the first thing Republican the gelding should have done is have a medical qualification to run for office. But they didn't because they don't care. They're geldings, right? You know, So they let the House be stolen in 2018 and the resulting destruction of the Trump administration because they don't care about Trump. They, they lost the, uh, the presidency in 2020 because that was stolen. They've given up Congress again in 2022. So the simple fact is Republicans don't matter. They don't. There's no point in having a Republican Party. Don't support them. Don't listen to them. Don't do anything about them. Don't give them money. I mean, send it here. I mean, you want something done, send it here. I mean, we, we've written more legislation than the Republican Party in the last, what, 30 years? Name one major Republican initiative in legislation. Go ahead. I'll wait. Do, 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 I should get the Jeopardy theme if I can. It's probably copyrighted. Do, 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 I can give you a minute to think about. Let me play something exciting here. Let me play some music here. So this will get you going. So uh, this, is, this is, you know, come the revolution, things will be different. Yeah, not better, just different. So think about a major Republican, you know, law initiative that has been put forward in the last 20 years. I'll give you a chance to think about it. That's not loud enough. that I get you going. Just to you get know, the cannons going off and the church bells ringing and the fireworks. That's what they used to play in uh, Boston uh, on the Esplanade when uh, the great conductor, I've forgotten his name, <laughs> Arthur Fiedler. That's his name. Arthur Fiedler used to conduct the, the Boston Pops Orchestra during the 4th of July Esplanade concert. And they had 105 millimeter howitzer cannons blasting uh, over the Charles River and the fireworks went off and, the, and all the church bells in the city rang. It was very exciting. It was very great. Now, would the geldings uh, get, you know, uh, did the geldings deserve that kind of tribute? No. Did the Republicans do what they could to win the election? No. You know, Mitch McConnell gave money to uh, other Republican geldings and kept the the Trump people away. So the whole point, the the entire Republican Party leadership was running against America firsters. Now, think about that for a second. The Republican Party, the party of the republic, the party that is supposed to support the republic, not the democracy, the Democrats support. Democrats are the party of slavery, they're the party of the Confederacy, they're the party of segregation, they're the party of ignorance, stupidity, poverty, uh, mass illegal immigration, um, the party of no jobs, endless regulations, misery, taxes, and death. That's your Democrat Party, okay? So the Republican Party is supposed to be the party of optimism, the party of life, the party of America, the party of patriotism, the party of let's get it done, the party of national defense, the party of we only fight wars if we have to. Well, apparently that's gone. They fight any they, they, you war. Know, both parties fight every war they can for, for whatever reason. If they don't, they'll just pay for it anyway. So either way, we're going to lose. We're going to lose our tax money. We're going to lose our people. We haven't lost our people yet in Ukraine, but you know who knows? The day is young. So – The Republican Party, did they rise to the occasion and defeat the Democrats? No. Did they get rid of all the vote fraud from 2020? No. Did they even raise that as an issue in 2022? No, they didn't. Did they do anything positive, anything inspiring, anything that we can look at and think of and say, I am proud to be a member of the Republican Party? And the simple answer, ladies and gentlemen, is no. They did nothing to be proud of. They did nothing encouraging. They did nothing inspiring. They did nothing to, to get our confidence. They did nothing to prevent all the vote fraud out there. They knew exactly where it was going to be, the same place it always is. California, Nevada, you know, New Mexico, Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia, Pennsylvania, you know the, the, the battleground states. and in certain areas of those states. Maricopa County, you know, Fuller, is it Fulton County uh, in Atlanta, you know, some of the other counties. But do they knew exactly where the vote for was going to be. See, the Democrats are, uh, are very scientific about this. Okay, So they may be uh, insane, which they are, I think. I think they're, they're largely insane because they think that a Marxist dictatorship will, will be a utopia. So that, to me, is insane. So anybody that's insane does not deserve to be in, in office. Democrats, as far as I'm concerned, are ineligible for office because they want to destroy this country. Well, you can't run to run this country if you want to destroy it, so you're ineligible. Certainly, Democrats are ineligible to serve on the Supreme Court because they're liberals. They believe they can interpret the Constitution. They believe they can rule from their agenda and then make that fit the court decision. Okay? That makes them unfit and bad behavior, which means they are not eligible to be on the court. I'm on a roll today. <laughs> this is scary. I haven't even gotten to my, my articles yet, but uh, I've I sort of summed them up in my head. So the elections being stolen, Lauren Boebert, you know, there's going to be lots of uh, counting there because she's in the lead. Um, what's his name? Uh, Masters. Blake Masters in Arizona, uh, his election is being stolen right now. Uh, there's several more. Carrie Lake, I don't know if hers is being stolen completely yet. We'll find out. Um, that would be very interesting to see. But it's fascinating that the person who runs the election in Arizona, Katie Hobbs, uh, the Secretary of State, is also running for governor, and she's running the election you know, against you know, uh, Carrie Lake. One would think that would be a conflict of interest, and she would be banned from doing that. Apparently not, not in Arizona. So we have a situation where the Republicans simply don't matter. They don't. They don't leave. They don't do anything encouraging. They don't inspire. They don't run hard. They don't get rid of the vote fraud. They don't put people in jail. They don't get January 6th out of jail. They don't build the wall regardless of what the Democrats say. They don't have cards at the border saying, don't get comfortable. You're not staying to all the illegals coming in. They don't hold daily press conferences on the election fraud. They don't do anything that they would do if they were a party that actually cared about this country. They simply don't. They don't do anything. And because they don't do anything to help, Republicans don't matter. I'd love to do a demonstration of that. Republicans don't matter. So, so when someone says, "Well, we've got to raise money, we gotta, we'll, we'll get them next time, you don't matter. You know, the Republican groups, and I stand by this. You want to call me up, Republican groups? Go ahead, 215 and defend the fact that you don't matter. You don't matter. You don't matter because you didn't do anything except fundraise and try to attract votes. You don't matter. You don't bring about the laws that we need. You don't deal with the national debt. You don't deal with the illegal aliens. You stay in Congress when you shouldn't. You know, when the Democrats are taking charge after they've stolen the election, you all need to walk out and go home and say, this is a fraud. I'm not going to serve in Congress with a fraud. I'm not going to serve, excuse me, I'm not going to serve in Congress with a fraud election. Republicans should go home. They should boycott Congress. That's what they should do. But they're gutless. They're wimps. They're the gelding old party. They're a bunch of geldings. You know what geldings are? Geldings are castrated male horses. That's why I labeled the Republican Party the geldings, because that's what they are. They don't matter. They don't, the only party that matters is the Democrats. Democrats seem to run everything. And the Republicans are content to be their slaves. You know, they're, 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 they're subordinates. They're, uh, they're, I don't know, they're, you know, uh, what's the, I'll find some kind of uh, term for it, but uh, they're lackeys. You know, they're, you know, they kowtow. Worship at the Democrat leadership Marxist trough, Republicans, because you don't matter anymore. Not that you have for the last 20 years, but you don't matter. You know what matters? Trump matters. America first matters. Patriotism matters. God, family, and country matter. Republicans don't anymore. They've given up the right to, uh, to ask for our vote. If they won't do what they're supposed to do, if they won't defend themselves, if they won't go after Democrats, gonna, if they let the Democrats, you know, the fact that they let the Democrats run the Senate. When the, Senate, when the Democrats only had 48 senators, okay, that to me is a minority, all right? Excuse me, but 48 out of 100 is a minority. It's less than half. So how do they do it? Well, they convince the Republicans that those who caucus, in other words, talk to the Democrats can be included as Democrats. When they're not, they're actually independents. That would be Bernie Sanders Sanders and Angus King. Angus King, senator of Maine, is an independent. He is not a Democrat. Therefore, he cannot be counted as a Democrat in the Democrat count. Bernie Sanders, of Vermont. He is not a Democrat. He's an independent, and therefore they cannot be counted. In fact, where, where, where was the challenge to the parliamentarians? You know, where was the challenge to the rules? Where was the challenge anytime the Republicans were in the majority to say that if you caucus with somebody, you're not part of their party. You cannot be counted as part of their party. That's the first thing. Second thing, Kamala Harris is a Democrat. Yes, but is she part of the Senate? No, she's not. So she can't be counted either. She can come into the Senate and as a presiding officer to break a tie. But does that mean she's on the committee? She's on any, is she on any committees in the Senate? No. Does she conduct Senate business? No. Does she do anything but break a tie? No, she doesn't. So why is she counted as a Democrat member of the Senate when she's not? See, this is what the geldings failed. So they think that there was a 51-seat majority because they included two independents and, and the vice president in their counting. Well, that's fraud. <laughs> Okay, so so they even let vote fraud go on in the Senate. So you want to see vote? This is this is how we know the Senate's are vote. The Republicans are vote frauding, and they don't matter. They obviously don't matter. They had a majority. They had fifty senators, all right, in the Senate to forty-eight Democrats. You know, plus two independents and a vice president. The two independents were not Democrats, and the vice president isn't even in the Senate, all right. And that was vote fraud. So this that is the most open, and I never thought about till until just now. This is the most open case of vote fraud there is, right there, right there in front of your eyes. The Senate Republicans are the minority, even though they have the majority of senators. That is surrender. That is what a gelding would do, not a stallion, but a gelding. They are geldings, and they don't matter. Let me play something. I'll come out with a couple of articles, <laughs> but that's basically where I stand. Republicans don't matter anymore. great care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. Action Radio Part of the ADHD Radio Network The ultimate free speech zone We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed In action Radio, and we are back after a rather explosive first half hour. If you missed it, I'm sorry. I can't repeat that. That was that was that was definitely a classic. All right, let's go to some of the articles here. Um, the best source of information on the vote fraud and the election fraud right now is Gateway Pundit, followed very closely by uh, Breitbart. But Gateway Pundit's my go-to place. Jim and Joe Hoft, the twins, the, the twin brothers. Uh, um, and also another good source, 100% Fed Up, uh, Patty McMurray, uh, who works with these guys a little bit, I think. I'm, 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 a lot of stories kind of go back and forth. But anyway, um, those are both good sources. 100% Fed Up, uh, Breitbart, and, of course, Gateway Pundit. So let's start with Gateway Pundit. I've got these somewhat in order, at least I hope so, but we'll find out. So let's go back a couple days, um, November 9th. The election election was on November 8th. So here's my contention. My my contention is that what happens um, during the, uh, up until when the polls close, that's the election, all right? What happens after the polls close? (laughs) That's the fraud. And so uh, the counting, it takes about three hours to count the votes is is what it seems like to me. So Florida had it pretty much done in three hours. So the polls closed at seven. We had the results at 10. 7.5 million people, no problem, right? Because Florida counts their early ballots ahead of time. They count their mail-in ballots ahead of time. In fact, you can't even bring mail-in ballots uh, to a poll, I think, after, I think, like five days before the election. Uh, So whatever it is. So the mail-in, so early voting stops, and then those votes are counted. Mail-in ballots stop, and then those are counted. Oh, they shouldn't have mail-in. It should only be early and uh, uh, early voting is the only way to do it. Absentee, for those that absolutely can't possibly make it in any other way, have absentee. But otherwise, early voting, shut that off a week ahead of time count all those votes, uh, get those totals locked in, uh, and then have uh, voting on election day. And that should, so the only votes you're counting uh, on election day are the votes on election day, All right. And those shouldn't take more than a couple hours to count, including statewide, and then you're done. We have two time zones in Florida, so that might have delayed reporting a little bit, uh, probably by an hour, so maybe three hours. So anyway, anything after that, anything after 10 o'clock at night uh, on whatever your time zone you're in is vote fraud. Because what the Democrats do is they take the totals, you know, and they go, okay, well, how much do we need to cheat in order to put our person over, over the line? And the, the geldings aren't going to fight it, so it doesn't matter. So they, all they do is figure out how many votes they need to cheat, bring those in after the, uh, the polls close, and after the count is done, after the 10 o'clock count, bring them in the next day and say, oh, look what we found. we got some ballots here. They're not valid, of course, but uh, the Republicans won't fight them, so the Democrats do it. I mean, that's the formula. So the formula is, you know, wait for the, wait for the count and then see how much vote fraud you need to get your candidate to win, and then bring those ballots in from somewhere. Oh, mail-in ballots, found them. Uh, Ballot harvesting, found them. Hey, look, in their trunk of a car, found them. It's a bunch of nonsense. That's what they did in 2018, 2020, and, of course, now in 2022, because it works. So that's how vote works. So anyway, this says Publius 2.0. It feels like we are watching the first wholly manufactured election in our history uh, in which all key competitive races were programmed by Langley. That, of course, is CIA headquarters. Jim Hoffs, published this November 9th, 2022, 9.43 p.m. It's got 1,200 comments. Oh, boy. It, it says, guest post by Publius 2.0. So maybe this is an anonymous post. I don't know. Let me see if it says so at the bottom. Who might this? Well, it says Jim Hoff actually wrote it. Uh, is Jim Hoff Publius 2? Hmm. Publius means public in, in Latin for those that uh, don't know Latin. Actually, I don't either. I'm just guessing. <laughs> it sounds good, though. All right. It says it seriously feels like we are watching the first wholly manufactured election in our history in which all of the key competitive races have had the results directly programmed by Langley. Again, that would be CIA headquarters. He says Americans are suffering through the most crushing economic conditions, rampant crime, reckless foreign nuclear war flirtations, most aggressive, perverse assaults on family and parental rights in history, all topped by an embarrassingly unpopular disaster in the White House, leading a shrill, tin-eared bellicose fascist junta that appears indifferent to the ordeal they are inflicting on working people. And yet, the Democrat monolith is barely dented. Either the country has has large states filled with brainwashed zealots who are too stupid and mindless to comprehend the reality of the collective damage they are ratifying with votes for the best lackluster, at worst appallingly unimpressive, if not foolish candidates, or we are seeing a direct black box voting manipulation. Final tabulations are being perpetrated on a scale that renders typical ballot and voter fraud schemes unnecessary anachronisms as the decisive votes that have now kept the ruling junta largely intact. At worst, they are literal fabrications piled onto Democrat vote totals by a few keystrokes entered in some master election hacking operation run by IC criminals in a league with the part of the Democrat crime, oh, and part of the Democrat crime syndicate. That's a mouthful. (laughs) I'm kind of surprised I got through all that. But that's the point. That's that's what we're saying. Okay, so this is either. So either Americans are completely stupid uh, or the election is completely, you know, uh, organized and run ahead of time. And the results are all pre-programmed. I think both. (laughs) First of all, anybody that wore a mask was an idiot because it doesn't take much to read the directions on the box to realize that it said does not protect against viruses and therefore is useless against COVID. It doesn't take a genius to figure out that uh, you breathe into a mask, you're going to put warm, moist air into a mask. That's a breeding ground for all the bacteria. So wearing a mask is far more dangerous than not. And yet millions of people wear masks because they dutifully follow along. They're sheep. So those are your Democrat voters. Okay, right there. So mask. Wear- I'd love to see a correlation between mask wearing and Democrat voting. I bet they correspond rather dramatically because sheep are sheep and followers are followers. Um, And the Republicans who who did wear a mask were either, uh, you know, just as brainwashed as the Democrats or too scared to be independent, uh, in which case they're guilty. All right. So that's this article. This is the experts. Lindell. Back to the article, right? The experts Lindell brought together have been quite explicit and factually well-supported in laying out how the fraud goes far deeper and is far more comprehensive than any sort of ham-handed ballot harvesting, ballot box stuffing, or illegal voting schemes on the ground. Yeah, that's how it works, okay? So those are the things they do. Those are the basics. Those might be the distraction too, early voting, ballot harvesting, things like that, that most of this has been pre-programmed or programmed in the machine, so it doesn't matter how you vote. All right. Which leaves something I'll tell you about just in a minute. Anyway, it says Festerman's supposed win. I guess that'd be Fetterman uh, is beyond any rational explanation and defies every known political and electoral principle and truism that we have seen hold firm throughout our entire history. Yeah, it's impossible to leave that. It says it would be suicidally ludicrous to think that this pack of criminals won't use every last means at their disposal to the bitter end. And there's good old Fox News chipper as ever as they announce the results of this massive national fraud without the slightest question as to why every indication has somehow been wrong, choosing only to focus on the handful of obvious victories that were allowed to go forward because they were either too inevitable or simply unnecessary to reverse. The usual pedantic talking heads are actually saying this is some sort of huge indictment of the Republican Party. As these thin margins demonstrate in these close defeats, the usurper demons are clever enough not to try to, man- to manufacture landslides for their brain-dead puppets. And then, of course, there's a brewing bunch of controversy in Arizona to distract from the rest of the effing thefts they pulled off around the country without a trace. Basically it. So, so uh, let's get back to my original thesis. Republicans don't matter. They don't matter. They simply don't matter anymore. They don't matter. Next article, Gateway Pundit, Jim Hoft, November 12th. Once again, another Democrat takes the lead after four days of delayed ballot counting and race is immediately called. See, that's the other pattern, right? So, so they don't call the race when it's, uh, when it's supposed to, you know, 10 o'clock, three hours after the polls cro- close when they actually have the results already. No, they wait four days. And, and instead of calling it for the Republican who won the race, they, they wait for the Democrat to get the, uh, the, the cheating in, and then they call the race immediately for the Democrat. That's the pattern. So let's check the article, which says this time it was Adam Laxalt in Nevada. Laxalt led the polls and had a good Election Day turnout. On Thursday, Adam Laxalt, who's uh, uh, Paul Laxalt's kid, by the way, for those that didn't know, Senator Paul Laxalt, very staunch Republican, big uh, Reagan supporter. Okay, Just, just give you all this is this is a dynasty. So am I am I upset he lost only because. Uh, The Senate balance will be changed, but being a a Laxalt and a political dynasty, nah. About him personally, nah, I don't care about him personally. I think they could have had a much better senator rather than a political dynasty heir. I don't like heirs. (laughs) I don't like heirs to political dynasties. All right. So the the article says, on Thursday, Adam Laxalt told Tucker Carlson his opponent did not have a valid path to victory. Laxalt was ahead in the race until Saturday afternoon when Democrat Catherine Cortez-Mato took the lead. Oh, what a surprise. The race was immediately called. Last week, Tucker Carlson told his audience that once an election is extended for several days, the Democrats win 77% of the time. It's likely much higher than this. All right. Now, here's what was interesting about that report. I wanted to get to this, too. This is really critical. Tucker Carlson did a brilliant report. He reported on several elections in California, New Mexico, Arizona uh, over the last several years, starting with 2018, on how the election – once it goes past the election day, okay? So I don't, I don't count anything after election day is fraud, all right? If you can't count it on election day, it's fraud. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a genuine result. So all these things that are happening now are complete and total fraud because they know on election day who won. I mean, it doesn't take that long to count the votes. The votes are counted when they're placed, all right? They're counted when they're cast. They go into voting machines. What do you think those voting machines do? They're counting the votes. There's nothing to count, okay? This idea that they have to count the ballots is crazy. They've already counted the ballots. As soon as the ballots come in, they put them in a voting machine. All right. So what they're really doing is screwing around with the results. They're they're hacking the results. They're they're playing with the voting machines. But the actual count is done when people cast their vote. So what do you think happens when you drop your vote in a tabulator or a a voting machine when you walk out of the polls? It's counted. okay? it's counted right then. That's when it's counted. I'm trying to shout here. So if it's counted then, so why do you need hours? so why do you need days to count votes that were counted the minute you drop that ballot into a voting machine? You don't. <laughs> that's where the fraud is. The geldings don't say that, and that's why Republicans don't matter. Republicans don't matter. I just thought of this just this now, too. I mean, I should have thought of this years ago. I'm always amazed at things I think of that I should have thought of years ago, but uh, it's true, all right? So your vote is counted when you cast it. It's counted when you drop it off in a machine. Why else would you drop it off in a machine if not to count it, right? I mean, that's the whole point of putting it in a machine. You know, It doesn't go to a hand counter. This is not to, you know, a bunch of people in the back room going, ah, here's, a, here's a vote, let's, let's, let's count this one. No, they're putting machines. So the early votes are counted early. <laughs> you know, uh, the election day votes are counted on election day. They're counted when you cast them. So by the time the polls close or by the time the last person walks out of the polls, the ballots have all been counted and tabulated and organized and the whole bit. That's what the machines do. They're tabulators. Now, do they transfer them by the Internet? Do they have a modem come in and change the results? Probably in the key races. See, the, the, Republic, the Democrats are smart enough to know not to change everything. If they made every Democrat win, like 98% of the, of the Democrats all of a sudden won, you know, or, you know, I, not, the, the Democrats won like 98% of the elections, people might get a little suspicious. Well, they don't have to do that. So they only target the races they need to win. They, they hack those, change those results. Get rid of the Trump America Firsters. See, I think they're working with the Republicans. On the, the Republicans are working with the Democrats. They're like, we really don't want uh, Trump people. We don't want America First. We don't want patriots. We don't want people that, that love God, family, and country. We don't want anybody with an independent voice. Anybody that can think. We want sheep that are too stupid to be Democrats. <laughs> That's what the Republicans want. They want sheep that will go along with being losers. And that uh, you know, it, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a spouse. It's like an abusive spouse or an abusive partner. You know, this is so the Republicans want people who are in a mental condition to be abused constantly and like it. You know, it, it's like they want people who are psychologically uh, need help. All right. So if you're if you're a big Republican, oh, let's go way on a limb here. Let's have some fun. So if you're an ardent Republican supporter and you see the party losing election after election after election and you keep thinking, oh, we'll get them next time, uh, then you've got a problem. You, you're you've got a mental health issue. Okay. You know, it's like people that are under that horrible spell of, of an abuser. All right, that they think that they have no choice, that they have to stay and continue to be abused. That's where the Republican Party membership is. You know, they're, they're like abu- they're, they're abuse partners. They're, they're abused so badly, they think that they can't leave. Well, they can't become Democrats. They're the enemy. All right, even though the Republicans are, are under the Democrats, they're working for them, they're subordinate to them. But it's a mental disease. So being a Republican, in many ways, supporting Republicans, donating money to Republicans, giving your time to Republicans is a total waste of time because the Republicans refuse to win. They refuse to fight. They refuse to do anything uh, on their behalf and, and on your, your behalf. So if you're if you're a Republican Party member, a regular Republican Party member, you know, that goes along with what they say, that's a mental health issue. <laughs> you know, it, it's a serious mental health problem because overwhelming evidence has proven that they don't matter, which means you don't matter to them. They're just there to collect money and, and to uh, that's it. They're their fundraising organization. That's all they are. Right. For themselves. Well, they have great parties for themselves and they throw off some good stuff, but they're fundraisers. Let's get back to the articles here. Nevada calls, uh, oh, here we go. Joe Hoft, November 12th, Nevada, NBC calls Nevada Senate race for Democrat incumbent and Democrats keep control of the U.S. Senate. Well, I think that's where it is. I think I went over that earlier. It says it didn't matter who ran. The results were set months ago. The senator in Nevada, who no one even knows, uh, somehow pulled off another major upset for the Dems. We call it. We can't call it a miracle because there is nothing holy about it. So late on Saturday night, the mainstream media reported on the steal. Senator Catherine Cortez Masto. Yeah, I think I already covered uh, this in a a separate article. So let's go cover that one. Okay, it that Breaking. Let's see if I covered this one here. Ah, here we go. Breaking. Elections clerk says uh, uncounted Maricopa County ballots. This is Phoenix, Arizona. Maricopa County ballots from slot three. Mixed in the same bag as already counted ballots. Oh, what a freaking surprise. Jordan the November 12th. Okay, so I don't need to say much about this. So, yeah, so they, they screwed around with the bags. Hey, have you heard that before? Like all through 2020? All through the 2020 election, they were screwing around with what votes went where, rearranging things, counting the same ballots 15 times, pulling suitcases from under desks, vote fraud, vote fraud, vote fraud, vote fraud. All right, here's the Lauren Boebert article. This was November thirteenth. Richard Abelson, Abelson, Gateway Pundit. Lauren Boebert pulls ahead in Colorado, which could mean weeks of recounts. What a surprise. While left-wing media are quick to call any race once the Democrat candidate pulls ahead, Lauren Boebert, currently leading by 1,100 votes in Colorado's third congressional district, means weeks of recounts. Of course. So that's, that's the strategy. You know, you, you recount. In other words, you add votes until you have a win. Then you call the race for the Democrat, and then Republicans have no choice um, but to accept it, which they do willingly because they're geldings. Uh, and they don't matter. And then the Democrat wins and it's business as usual. Here we go. Back to business. Call me in two years. It says the margin of Bobert's lead is within recount territory under Colorado election laws. And that's from Fox News. The state conducts a mandatory recount if the margin of victory is within half a percentage point. We well, see recounts don't matter either. All they do is count the fraud votes. See, the fraud votes are mixed in with the real votes. If you mix the fraud votes in with the real votes, there's no point in counting because the fraud votes are already there. Okay, so that's what happened in, in Arizona when they did their. Audit. The first thing they did was counted all the votes to see if the vote totals agreed. And people said, oh, see, told you. You know, Brandon won. No, he didn't. He didn't win at all. They just established the, a baseline of of how many votes there were, and the vote totals agreed. So they didn't add extra votes after the election beyond the fraud. You know, so uh, so that was it. But they counted the fraud votes like the real votes. So that that doesn't mean that uh, that Brandon won. All right, let's get another one here. Communist plays smash mouth. Laxalt announced Dem opponent would have to get an impossible 63% of remaining ballots to win. The next day she gets, are you ready? 63%. Isn't this is fascinating? Once again, a popular, attractive, honest, and competent Republican candidate had his race taken from him after several days of delayed vote counting. This time it was Adam Laxalt in Nevada. So this is a later one. So, so Laxalt, I guess, lost. All right. Same problem. Keeps happening. Keeps happening over and over again. Here's another article, Gateway pundit. The steal. The number of House seats continues to dwindle as GOP leaders remain silent and ignore reality. <laughs> Joe Hoft, November 13th. That would be yesterday. So this morning's articles I haven't read yet. It's the 14th. Um, so I think it's 14th. Yeah, it's 14th. So that's where we stand now. This is this is where this horrendous situation is. Um, that uh, we're just waiting to see by how much the Democrats are going to steal the vote, and the Democrat and the Republicans aren't going to do anything about it. They don't matter. They simply don't matter. They don't matter. Read the article. So as, as of this writing was 204 Democrats to 211 Republicans. So let's see what happened. This is the race for control of the U.S. House is not over. It's not over until the Democrats say it's over. <laughs> I'm looking at this U.S. map on Gateway Pundit where the vast majority of the country is in red, simplifying Republicans when it really simplifies communists. So Republicans, you need to reverse. You need to make red, white, and blue the Republican color and red the Democrat color that would be great symbolism but of course you don't do that because you're geldings all right the article says the world is watching in amazement as corrupt election officials and politicians across the country can't seem to finalize the results of an election 5 days ago remember the vote's counted when you cast it anything after that is vote fraud so after the last person leaves the polls on election day the results are known it's just that simple i'm going to talk to jonathan about that he's on in the next hour but as far as i know that's it so when they say they have to count the votes i mean i, I didn't i didn't quite that thought didn't quite gel in my head, but as soon as I realized that when I vote and something goes into a machine, it's tabulated and counted, that the, doesn't count. So when the last person, and I talked to Jonathan, I really believe this is true that they know the results when the last person leaves the polls because the last person puts their vote, their ballot in, and it's counted. So especially in Florida, that's why they got them out so early because all they had to do was uh, just sort of tabulate the results on that day, you know, from the different precincts and uh, counties and then uh, across the state. So they were really just recording the results. So that's why they got the vote out so quickly, because it had already been counted. It was counted when the polls closed in the, in the panhandle, which is uh, one hour later. Uh, we're one hour behind uh, the East Coast. All right. so, so the polls closed at 7 o'clock in, in, the, in the Eastern Time Zone in Florida, but it closed at 8 o'clock Eastern Time in the Central, part, Central Time Zone, which would be 7 o'clock. So the results were out two hours later by 10. So again, the results are known when the last person leaves the polls, you know, because the last person drops their, their ballot in the machine and it's tabulated and there's your vote. There's your vote total. So they already know there's nothing to count, you know, and these states that count um, their mail-in ballots after the post-close and they count their early votes after the post-close, that's vote fraud. Because once a vote is cast, it can't be changed. So there's no reason not to count it you know, before uh, before Election Day. Why not? You just don't release the results, of course, but most states don't do that. Anyway, so that's what it says. Let's see if there's anything else redeeming here. The 2022, this is back to the article. The 2022 election was supposed to be a route or a route, depending on which part of the country you're in, for the GOP. Biden and his gang of America-destroying communists are understandably not well-liked. They are even hated for actions in Afghanistan with the economy, the January 6th Communist Kangaroo Court, Uh, for their actions in afghanistan Uh, let me start again i'm i'm wow i i I think i uh expended a tremendous amount of energy in the first hour first half of the of this hour so i might be a little bit uh i gotta say i gotta recoup start again the 2022 election was supposed to be a route for the gop biden and his gang of america destroying communists are understandably not well liked they are even hated for their actions in afghanistan with the economy, the January 6th Communist Kangaroo Court, and much more. Most Americans can't list three things that this administration has done for the good of America. Hell, I can't list one. Many can't name one thing. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> the gun on that. First of all, they're not an administration. Okay, This is an illegal coup. This is an illegal uh, occupation of the White House and the federal government. We do not have a federal government at this point. We have not had a federal government since January 20th of 2021. We are operating without a government. If that doesn't scare the hell out of you, then the nothing will. All right. He says China is very happy with the Biden regime, and, and so are Soros and Obama. Well, of course they are. They're running everything, right? The destruction of America is near complete. Free speech and free and fair elections were on the ballot on Monday night before the election. Real Clear Politics, which leans left because of its use of left-leaning polls, had the GOP winning 227 seats, with a good chance of gaining many of the remaining 34 toss-up seats. Well, there's your red wave. Now, here's a question for you. Here's a dirty little question for you. Did they purposely say we're going to have a big red wave? And Fox News is included in this because Fox News is run by Australian liberals. The only people worth anything on Fox News are, are Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram. Maybe one or two others on a good day. Uh, Will Kane's also pretty good on the weekends. He's very bright. So, oh, and uh, Maria, what's your name? Uh, Bertrand. Bartromo? Maria Bartromo. Bartromo, there we go. Maria Bartromo, who does the, the weekend thing. She's really good also. So you get four people on Fox. The rest of them are are, are are liberals. I mean, they just are. And so they don't say it right away, but they are. And so they, they are not helping. They're not helping the situation. They're not reporting on the fraud. They're not reporting on anything. Uh, they're just, you know, big happy faces. And there we go. Do, 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 do. So my question is, getting back to my original topic here, did the um, – did, the, did the, the the Fox News folks and uh, some, maybe Newsmax too, and certainly all the, the leftist networks, did they report the, the big red wave of Republicans so that Republicans would feel confident and stay home? Democrats would then be energized and go out and vote. I think it's part of it. I think it's part of the election fraud. Uh, I think uh, Fox is part of that. Got a couple more stories here, but I'm going to play something for you and maybe get to it. I actually got through more articles than I thought, um, so that's, that's doing better. A couple more things for you here, and then let me see. That'll be right back. We got Jonathan in about eight minutes. And uh, and we shall uh, we shall go from there. <laughs> Where I play? Uh, let's play. Let's start with this one. Yep, there we go. Button push, and then we'll be right back. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60 second spots available for your announcements, and we have three minute live call ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener, and help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. From addiction to achievement, that is the story of Mike Lindell. It started with my pillow. And now goes to My Coffee. Action Radio is proud to be an affiliate of MyPillow. Our discount code is the same for all our product affiliates, W-Y-L, which stands for Write Your Laws. Pillow pillows are guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. Action Radio is guaranteed to be the most controversial show you will ever hear. Check out their products with our discount code at mypillow.com slash W-Y-L. That's mypillow.com slash W-Y-L. Or order now by calling 1-800-544-8939. That's 1-800-544-8939. Sleep well so you can wake up and hear Action Radio live. write your laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at strikeforceenergy.com. That's strikeforceenergy.com. Start your engines. And we are back. Time for more Action Radio. Something happening over the weekend that was really disturbing to me Uh, as someone who's loved aviation since I was a a little kid, uh, like five years old, when I went on my first airplane uh, flight in a Vickers Viscount. Prop job. This is early 60s, 64, 65, somewhere in there. Anyway, uh, a B-17 crashed and was killed. Uh, and six people on board were killed, and it was run into by a P-63 King Cobra, which is a, an advanced version of the ERA Cobra, which is a P-39. Not a very well-used plane by Americans, but the Soviets loved it. And so this is a World War II fighter. The engine is actually behind the pilot, so it's a very long crankshaft uh, to the propeller, which is way out front which made it kind of awkward, but it was tricycle gear. In other words, it had a nose wheel, so it didn't have to land on the tail, so the visibility was pretty good. Now, I, I've heard the term collision and accident, and that doesn't make any sense to me at all. This was an attack. As far as I can see, this was a ramming. This airplane came out of nowhere and rammed right into the, bit, the back of that B-17 at the very place where it was going to break apart. Okay. There was no room for it. It was a clear day. All the airplanes were flying a straight course. They were they were very far apart. This was not a formation flight. And to watch this uh, this King Cobra come at at least twice the speed of any other airplane, uh, and just ram right into it. It came from behind and just turned and turned right into the B-17, cracked it in half, and of course uh, it, it was killed. They were killed and down they went. Now there have been incidents of of airline people where fanatics on board terrorists on board have tried to crash the airplane and had to be overpowered by the other pilot. Uh, in fact, one case, it didn't work. I, I, I can look it up. I just thought of this just now, but uh, those folks have, uh, there have been airliners flown into the ground by, uh, by terrorists. All right. Uh, not kind of 9-11. I'm talking about other incidents. I mean, 9-11 was another one, but, uh, but there people, you know, drive FBs into parade crowds. People do all kinds of things. This, this is either a terrorist act or an assassination. They still haven't released the, uh, the passengers, who was on that B-17, and we still don't know who the pilot is, you know, of the King Cobra. Now, obviously, they know the air show has records of who's flying the damn airplanes. They know who was on board that plane. Now, unless it was stolen, you know, in which case they'd know that too. (laughs) They would have closed the air show. If someone steals a World War II fighter, you're going to know about it. You know, they're going to send everybody away or ground all the other airplanes until they figure out what's going on. All right. Then you bring out the fighters, you know, the Air National Guard to, to go find that pilot. Um, But if it was a regular pilot, uh, why did they do this? Were they bribed? Was this a terrorist attack? What happened? Who was on board that B-17? They say, now, I've got an article from NPR and a couple of other ones here saying that, well, they still have to identify the bodies. That's nonsense. Uh, If they paid to get on, which a lot of people do on these B-17s, that's how they support them, they've got the credit card records and they've got a passenger manifest. They know exactly who's on board that airplane. And if it was a VIP, they know that too, because they know it's a VIP, because they get honorary trips in B-17s. It's a great honor for people. Celebrities have done it. Neil Armstrong, I think I remember back at Oshkosh, flew on a B-17. The man that landed on the moon, contrary to some of your popular belief. This is not what it appears. This is not an accident. This is not a collision. This is a deliberate ramming by an airplane that overtook the B-17. The King Cobra overtook it at rapid speed, slammed directly into it when there was nothing but space around the sky. There was no formation. They weren't going that fast. B-17s only do you know, two, 250 uh, miles an hour anyway. They're not the fastest plane now. The King Cobra is much faster. And it came. I've never seen a, plane, a World War II plane fly at full speed because they're usually limited to 250 knots under 10,000 feet. All right. So as a pilot, as a flight instructor, as a, as a lover of aviation, as someone who studied military airplanes and the airliners, you know, my entire life, this was not a collision. This was not an accident. Uh, now, I could be wrong. It's very possible. But every indication I'm seeing looking at this says in no way, in no way uh, was this uh, was this an accident. Uh, this is this is intentional. This is an intentional ramming uh, of, of the B-17 by the King Cobra. And this is what we're going to find out uh, as things go uh, along here. All right, got Jonathan on the line here. I'm going to bring him on, and uh, let me see. Let's, let's get Jonathan Seaman we'll play this for you, and be right back. It probably started with an episode of Perry Mason many years ago, that yearning to understand the law so that you can help people who don't understand the law, the arguments, the debates the mental trial beyond the actual trial, all the while trying to do the best you can for your client. He walks the halls of justice, pictures on the wall of great minds who advance the law. He walks not in the black robes of the judge, but the suit and tie of the attorney. Known as counselor, lawyer, or any number of other names, and after years of hard work, these are the people accepted to the bar and allowed to practice law, especially at trial. For it is at trial many times that the great decisions of our society are realized. It's where the laws get tested. It's where juries have lost the power to judge the laws and not just the facts. It's where judges make up their own law, especially through interpretations. But if you are ever in trouble, your attorney can be your best friend. We are privileged at Action Radio to have one of those practitioners of the law. Someone who knows the Constitution, who knows about due process, who takes the rights of the individual as sacred and will fight for them with all he's got. It is at this time every week that we immerse ourselves in the law. So join us in the law as we go to the Action Radio Legal Report with Jonathan Mosley. So, speaking of election fraud, <laughs> what's what's your take on everything that's happened in the last few days? Good morning, Jonathan. Jonathan Hello. I mean, it's, it's very. Yeah, I'm awesome. in your line. It's, um, <laughs> I hear. I hear you now. Now you're back. Okay, that's good. Okay. okay. So oh, um, I just, I big, big opening well, questions. And, and then we we'll get to specifics. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> well, it's it's very it's very sad and and uh, disturbing. Everything. I I do agree that it's not as you know we we had very very high expectations. Like what was the uh, the book? Great. So mm-hmm. we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't go too far the other direction, but um, still very, very disturbing. It makes me Oh, wonder. I thought
1: they would surrender, you though. Actually, something? I thought the Republicans would win, but then they would surrender power like they did before. You know, they surrendered the Senate right. when they have 50 members, uh, even though Democrats only have 48. Right. You know, they've surrendered every right. chance. They, could, time, they surrendered the House in 2018 after votes were overturned so in the congressional campaign. They don't have a chance to surrender because – They don't have to. You know, so they're very – Yeah
2: and the, and the other thing that's encouraging is that mm-hmm. um um you know there's open talk of dumping um Kevin McCarthy and and That's
1: interesting. Now I've hated him for for months. Uh, you know, probably better part of a year now. I said, do not let him become the, the speaker. He is, he, is a, he is Paul Ryan. He is Rhino Two. He is the worst possible person I can think of right now to uh, to be there. I'm watching him loyal. I mean, I, see, I remember this vision. I got this picture from a news article I did a couple of weeks ago where he's sitting there with uh, Boehner, John Boehner. You know, looking lovingly and affectionately upon John Boehner, saying, "I want to be him. I want to be him one day. I'll be him. I'm next in line. I'm, I'm due." You know, and I think, "Oh my God, it's a machine. It's a dynasty." Do not like Kevin McCarthy. Back to you.
2: Yeah, well, there's there's a lot there, Um, but so it's very it's it's you know at some point Mm -hmm. our system works to the extent that. The country can only be saved if the American people want it to be, and I'm not seeing—I'm uh, not seeing a will for this country to survive. Um, you know, I think a lot of people made mistakes. We can judge a lot of people and that sort of thing, but at the end of the day, there, there does come a point when you know the American people just didn't. So I mean, we can try to teach them, we can encourage them, we can tell them to vote, we can make it possible. But ultimately, we can't we can't be citizens for them. Mm-hmm. And we can't um you know, we can't make them do the right thing in, in terms of voting. And especially with the young, like you said young voters, I um I keep coming back to the idea of you know, can you save someone who doesn't want to be saved? Yes. you know you have a relative who's got a a bad
1: drinking problem, and mm-hmm. I had a cousin who drank himself to
0: death.
2: One. I,
1: I lost an uncle to huh? alcoholism, so I lost an uncle to alcoholism. I know all about it. I love and
2: um, had a lovely cousin, absolute darling cousin, mm-hmm. and she. Twelve years before she died, my father, who was a doctor, tried to help, and she said, "I'm and in terms of her." The physical damage from from drinking. She said, "I'm surprised she's still alive." Huh. Um, and he, he didn't he didn't think she was going to last at all. She lasted another twelve years, but then wow. um, didn't make it. And I wish that I had known, because I would have done more to you know might have done more to intervene. But I was way off in Virginia, and they were down south. And I feel bad that I didn't try more. Mm-hmm. And that's what I you know what I think about the American people right now. Um, you know, there are some things that we need to do, you know, one of them is dump Kevin McCarthy, um, dump, uh, uh and, 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 you know, it, it all, one of the, one of the problems that we have in trying to figure these things out is that they are all interrelated. There's a tendency that's American and it's human and it's very Republican, which is that we want to find the one cause. This is it. It's just this right here and nothing else. And that mm. is not reality. Yeah. For example, if you, if you are Republicans and you're going to decide, it's like what I call the, the grandfather test. Would a grandfather give up fishing with his grandchildren on a Saturday to go campaign for your candidate? You know, is your, if, if a grandfather says, you know what, I could make memories with my grandchildren mm-hmm. or I could go knock on doors for your loser, worthless, you know,
0: <laughs> uh, candidate.
2: Um, who's going to He's going to stab us in the back. If he gets elected, mm-hmm. you know, what, cho- what choice it's like, it's like in economics. I was just explaining to somebody mm-hmm. um, the idea of rational ignorance. Um, um, I think, I think it was Eileen. I was talking to you, that, you know, in in economics, that it, this can be pretty rigorous in terms of of analyzing things. They analyze that sometimes the rational thing to do is to remain ignorant, because if you invested the amount of time necessary to know what's going on, the payoff would be less than the cost. It would it would cost you more to find out what's going on than it would cost you, you know, than than the benefit of of being able to choose, you know, brand A, a over brand B. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we're sort of in that territory as an analogy. Not if you say, where's that? what's the precise analogy? I'm not saying it's a precise um analogy. I'm just saying it's a you know it's it's like that. So if you're gonna if you're gonna say, well, you know, say I you know, I don't know. So the thing is is if if a lot of Republicans are saying, okay, I'm gonna fight like hell
1: to have Kevin McCarthy give it all away,
0: <laughs>
2: you know.
1: Well, that's what, irrational. What, that's you know, uh, that's like a, that's insane. That's uh, it's not, it's not insane in terms of repeating the same action and expecting a different result. It's repeating an action you know is guaranteed to fail, yet you feel compelled to do it anyway. I don't know what that's called.
3: Right.
2: So my point is, is that it's an it's an error, mm-hmm. and I don't know if there's going to be a lot of law here today, unless it's. <clears throat> That's what okay. Republican we, party
1: administration today, but you're not restricted to any topic. it just I get people on with different backgrounds to talk about whatever's happening, so but you're not required to stick with your background that is not uh you yeah. know this is far well, more no, critical. I'm,
2: i yeah I was interested in politics long before I went to law school, and I was interested in public interest law because I'm more interested in the in the survival of our country and things like that right um, and so so okay now now I interrupted myself so so I'm saying that um um so the thing is it, it's an error to say what is the cause and again it's not it's not like you know the, the reality with the election is that we gained a lot of the a lot of the winnable seats we already we already won them two years ago as people said and and so. Um, you know, it's not as catastrophic as it looks, but it's not as good as it needed to be. And um, somebody's calling from Boston. I have no idea why. Um, so the um, so the thing is, is that uh, we cannot look for the one cause, nor can we think that the one you know one cause is completely isolated either. So you know, so you know, can, can we do a better job campaigning? Yes. Does Kevin is Kevin McCarthy a drag on the, on the Republican elections? Yes. Um, you know, all these things, unfortunately, you know, despite our yearning for simplicity, you know, they, they don't stand alone. They all work together and it's kind of like you have to Oh, what's the image. I want to say you, you kind of have to, um, put everything into, into position to try to, to rise, to raise the the boat. Um, you know, it's like you got a shift that's, that's sinking from 20 different places. Every hmm. hole you plug is a benefit. But anyway, um, I thought I might start out with something that's a little bit legal, in a sense. And I don't know, I forget whether we talked about this much at all, about the Laura Luma election lawsuit. I, I think we were going to, and I was waiting to get... A copy of the actual lawsuit. You still there, right?
1: I'm still here. I'm just listening.
2: You're, you're on a roll, so I'm just letting you go. Yeah. Okay. Well, I got it. Somebody tried to call in. I wanted to get screwed up my phone. So the thing is, is that um, I helped look that over, and um, it's really, it's really very disturbing. And, and so one of the main things for someone like Laura Loomer, you're going to say people I have pick up her issues. One of the early people,
1: she was, she was a, she's a real activist and uh-huh. she's conservative and she ran for Congress. And, um, I've tried to get her on the show. I've been in touch with her. So she's one of the many people that, uh, you know, for every guest we yeah, have, there's sure, probably 20, the there's, there's 20 that haven't made it yet. <laughs> we'll, we'll get them.
2: Yeah. Uh, I may have some contacts that could help, but the thing is, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, and this is, this is irrational ignorance. This is where re- ignorance Hurts. Most people think that, you know, oh, she's alleging fraud, or you know, in in her primary election, and you think, oh, there there they go again, these you know conservative right wing people, or something like that, and you know, until you get into the actual details. Now, um, one you know, one of the good things is that Florida, of course, was a shining um, success of of in, in the elections. And someone commented, which is probably hyperbole, but that that basically anything DeSantis or his team or his or his general assembly supporters want, they can do it. They, it's not just a strong executive, but it's a, but their, their analysis, and you'd know better than I would, but their analysis is that if they want to pass legislation, they uh-huh. can do it. And that's the context in which I'm going to make some of these comments and some of the comments I texted you from the airplane
1: last night. Yeah. Um, where are you now? The, Can you tell is the us the secret location? Where, where are you at this point? If you don't mind saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the the Mountain Standard
2: time zone. Oh, huh? ooh. Um, you know, and still like to say
1: your time zones frighten and confuse me. That's it. <laughs> That's this is my life. I wanted permanent daylight saving. If Florida passed it, they, the Congress hasn't authorized it yet, so uh, that's holding us up for now. But we'll we'll get there.
2: Well, yeah, I'm in a mini conference here, and and hmm. your friend Roger says hello.
1: Um, oh, he, he, oh, yeah, Roger's great. He's he's awesome. I want him back on the show sometime. He's right. he's amazing. Well, he was wondering
2: if he he might even jump on, but he he thought oh, you, yeah. of he course thought he can. lost you at. He he thought he, lo, uh, he thought. He lost you at uh, illegal aliens have rights,
1: and so he No, illegal aliens don't have rights. No I, never, no, I said I said specifically illegal aliens do not have rights because you can't have rights in a place right. you're not allowed to be in. No, well, illegal aliens well, don't that's have. That's right. In fact, what, I want to take on Dershowitz he, on that. Is he there? Put him on. Put but, him well, that's
2: on. where he says that he he had a disagreement with you and, and he thought that you uh, didn't. Want no, to he talk misunderstood.
1: To no, no,
2: no, Roger, Roger, dude, listen to me. Illegal but aliens no, he, have he, no he rights. He that he thinks that they. They do have some rights. Like you can't shoot illegal aliens. Oh um, well, no, I mean but that's,
1: that's 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 a crime that you're committing. Okay? If you shoot an illegal alien, you are committing a crime. Okay? But right. if an illegal but an illegal alien has no rights in this country, they cannot give birth to American citizens per the 14th Amendment subject to the jurisdiction clause, they have no rights they can't be here. And I don't care what the Supreme Court says. First of all, anybody that says anybody right. in the court that says illegal aliens have rights should be taken off for bad behavior. That's irrational. You cannot have rights in a place in a place you're allowed to be in. That doesn't right. make anyway, any sense. That's irrational.
2: So we all have to have it, but, but I think he was arguing in the extreme, and
1: and oh. um, but anyway, we'll so, see. So we'll,
2: we'll work on that. But the thing, the okay. thing is, is that so with the warning that there is no one magic bullet answer, never, it never was, never will be, and
0: mm-hmm. that's
2: not life. And oh. we have to look at the totality, and we have to you know work on plugging all the different holes in the in the citizenship. Um, that he, here's here's what I think. I think that um, Florida, especially in their, their strengthened position, they need to start doing. I mean, I think I, I think you probably if you want to have a, a, a
1: citizen lobbyist,
2: you probably need to have it in Tallahassee more than in
1: Washington D.C. I want them both. And, I want I want lobbyists in every capital, I, uh, every state capital, and in D.C. I want citizen lobbyists everywhere. Right. I want to have an entire network of citizen lobbyists and an entire network of radio talk show hosts that are converted from being a talk host to being an action host, and I will train them. Any, any, any host across the country. there are a
2: lot of um, But there are a lot of, past, you know, the, the thing is, is that yeah. there are times when progress in one state
3: yeah. leads movement the way show. to other states. Yep.
1: And so I think well, has right a now... Uh, the, the, the legislature... In Florida, we still don't have open carry. Why is that? You know, we have gun control laws. We had uh, things passed after the Stoneman Douglas assassinations, you know, by that, that crazy person who I do not identify by name. Um, Florida yeah. passed all these ridiculous gun restrictions that had nothing to do with, uh, with what happened. So Florida's not that good. Well, with,
3: those,
2: with, those, with those caveats,
1: uh-huh.
2: um, here's what I, I would consider doing in a in – a, legal or quasi legal perspective. One is let's back to Laura Loomer where uh-huh. her when I got into it there we <clears throat> found out this massive catastrophe. We talked, I think a little bit about about uh, vote flipping, where the someone's hacked the voter registration system. Uh-huh. The addresses for voters are changed to uh-huh. some of them to non existent streets. And they you know they've They've proven this. There's no question about it.
1: Okay. i didn't this. This is
2: interesting. Um, to, uh, and then the absentee ballots or the vote-by-mail ballots are sent out and could not possibly have reached the actual true voter. And I I want to emphasize the idea of the true voter because during the 2020 election, you know, the, the lying liars who lie
3: mm-hmm. on the
2: left because they just love to lie. Josh Garnett is so much fun to lie. Um, you know, they say that 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 Giuliani and other people were being racist because they claimed that there was a lot of voter fraud in heavily minority cities like Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. We need to
0: keep clearly I mean, in mind
2: those are Democrat cities. Well, they're Democrat, yes. It's not racial; it's Democrat. Yeah. But we have to we have to keep clearly in our language the fact that the victims. So, if a city like Philadelphia is overwhelmingly uh, well, not overwhelmingly, but your know, heavy black and Hispanic presence—they're mm-hmm. the ones whose voters are being stolen, Votes are being stolen. So, you know, more than likely, rich, white—you know, rich white liberals—you know, you know, buy a buy a stack of, of hot pockets at Costco, drive down from Manhattan, and steal their votes. Mm-hmm. So we have to really talk about the true voter, as opposed to the apparent voter. Who's, who's by fraud stealing the elections of the actual person entitled to vote. Hmm. Um, but anyway, so, so the, 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 there's no possibility that the, that the vote-by-mail ballot reached the true voter because the address was undeliverable. And, the, and it was notified by the, by the post office this is undeliverable. Nevertheless, those
1: people voted.
0: And this those is ballots are still the out there too.
1: Those ballots are still out there as wow. well. Oh, I see what you're saying. So the ballots were taken by the post office. When they're undeliverable, they kept the ballots anyway, right? Being good union Democrats.
2: No, I think that what happened is that that leftists engineered the whole thing. Oh, okay. They They either worked in the the election system or they hacked into it and Mm -hmm. changed the addresses, then then took the ballots and, uh, you know, how, we're not exactly sure. Mm -hmm. But then... um, and then cast the vote, and then, get this, change the address back again. (laughs) Not only was the address changed to an undoable address, but after the vote was cast, it was restored back to its original
1: address. So it's it's like killing someone with an icicle? The icicle melts and there's no evidence of it? Yeah. Yeah, or or a frozen water bottle. Um, So the true voter... Never knows, and, and
2: of course they go after low propensity voters, like you know people in, in nursing homes and, and people because they can look, mm-hmm. and you know people who don't tend to vote.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So the person, the person whose whose vote was stolen, more than likely never knows it. But there are activists in Florida who are working on this. So hmm. I got involved in reviewing and, and doing some research on this lawsuit.
3: Who's you and
2: in? of the floor of the election officials. And the, and the, I don't know if he's a, I mean, he's just not as conservative, the, the, the guy who won. And it's in a district where I think he you know, he, in the 11th congressional district, it was one of those things where the, the Republican nominee is guaranteed to win. Um, <laughs> okay. I haven't checked, but I'm pretty sure Daniel Webster won. And um, so their response is that the, the legislature of Florida, you know, our last best hope Um, who's supposed to be so great. They have made it so that uh, according to the, not, you know, Laura Loomer's voters don't necessarily agree with this, but, but their position is, is that the law as it stands right now, which Ron
1: DeSantis, if you're listening with your morning coffee, you know, or anybody working there could fix. I have friends working and with him on the campaign and stuff. They they do listen, so yeah, word can get there. Well, you yeah. need to because quite you get. Now, the only reason I didn't bring this forward
2: earlier is because I'm waiting to get a, get a final as as filed copy of the law of of the latest um, response
0: mm-hmm.
2: and, and the and the lawsuit because she had to file two amended complaints. So see, the problem is is nothing's probably going to happen with the lawsuit because it's just mute moot. And you know, I've, I've said one of the big one of the reasons why lawyer uh, judges hate the um, the lawsuits and everything is because it's just no time to do it right. It's just a, it's just a lose lose. Hmm. And you know, so anybody's going to look at this disaster and say, "Well, the election's over. You know, who cares? Let's just let's just move on." And <clears throat> but the but the reality is, it says that as written, if the voter signature matches. Their argument is not only can it be counted, but it must be counted. So if somebody goes to, to the deed records and, and copies your signature out of the deed records that are public and forges your signature, the, the argument is that under Florida law, that vote-by-mail ballot must be counted. It, you know, if you sat there and you say, look, the guy was in a coma for 10 years. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Signatures match. Got to mm-hmm. count it. That's that's the current law that Florida Republicans and and Ron DeSantis could fix. And there's a lawsuit laying it out, chapter and verse. Make your hair stand on end. Will it go anywhere, or will they simply totally ignore it? You know,
1: the tenants used to say, "Well, that's behind us, so let's move no, on." It's not
2: behind us. We'll
1: get them next time. We lost this time, but keep donating. Just keep donating. We'll be fine. Um, there's actually another problem in Florida, and it's something I've been trying to fix, and I've got no traction on it whatsoever. The the Sunshine Laws in Florida, which are normally good, so that uh, government is actually what they say is transparent. Although I hate that word now; it's overused. But you can actually see what's going on. Florida mandates that if you, when you register to vote, uh, your name, address, uh, you know, party registry, phone number, email, birthday. <laughs> You know, and all, well, I know it might not be birthday, but I think there's a lot of identifying information uh, that goes out uh, online and is available to anybody. So anybody can uh, trace any uh, voter. It's, by, by, it's got your address. It's got your, your precinct. It's got your county. It's got uh, all kinds of personal information. They don't have driver's license or social security number. So they may actually have birthday on there, too. I think they do. Uh, so everything about you is known. And if, if a credit card company released that much information, there would be a data breach and a hack, and they'd all be in jail. But because the state of Florida does it, so Florida easy to hack. Florida is easy for all these people to arrange because they're so open. Now I've been trying to change that so that none of that information is available except to law enforcement. I mean, once you've registered to vote, why, why should everybody on the planet know who you are, where you live, what, what your phone number is, what your birthday is, what your voter registration is, what your email address is, what your physical address is? That's none of anybody's business unless you want to publish it in the phone book or, or some, publish it yourself. But there's no reason for them to do that. That's not sunshine law. That's criminal. That facilitates stalking. That facilitates all kinds of stuff, you know. And it's just you can't. Yeah, so I'm thinking of unregistering. Mean, I may unregister to vote simply to take myself off the internet, as far as that goes. Well, and unfortunately, it might not. You know, it might not erase it from.
3: from well, that's the, the
1: problem. problem. Am, I'm going to talk to the election officials and find out. But I'm certainly unregistering as a Republican.
0: I'm unregistering GOP. Kind of, yeah,
2: go ahead. There has to be some kind of uh, medium in which. Uh-huh. Um, you know, in which you can verify um, that information. Now, I've, I've worked for candidates, including for Delaware, uh-huh. and we were able to request that data as a campaign, uh-huh. and we got more information than is publicly available. And uh-huh. you know, maybe if there's more, you know, you do want to have a situation where you have some some check on who's, registered vote and make sure it's legit. But it doesn't necessarily have to be open to the entire public because, you know, for example, if, if it's available only to a campaign or a party, mm-hmm. they may be able
1: to um,
2: do a little bit better to hold people accountable. No, because
1: you know, they might start a party or, you know, I, I, don't, I don't want that because they can also sell the information too. Now, it should not be, uh, if, if they want to start a mailing list, if the parties want to have a, do it like the old-fashioned way, you get a mailing list. You want to develop that? Great. List of donors, list of contributors, list of uh, you know individuals who support you, list of people who signed up at rallies and things like that—no problem. But to have public, have all your information be made public in this day and age with the internet and with the ability to hack, they already know the address of everybody in Florida who registered to vote. It wouldn't take much to change it on a computer and change it back again, like you're talking about. But the biggest problem is the fact yeah. the information so easily accessed in the first place. That needs to change. And yet, and I've talked to local representatives around here. Nobody wants to take uh, take that issue up. I mean, the campaigns like that information because it makes it easier for them to get voter information. I like, you know, I understand that. I don't accept it. That's the same reason, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, law enforcement's easier in communist countries because they don't have search warrants. Doesn't mean it's a good idea. <laughs> you know, it's the same kind of thing. Just because the information is there doesn't right. mean that, uh, mm-hmm. uh, that you can't put the information out there that you should. And they shouldn't. Right. Well, and it, you know, the thing – so what happened to Laura Loomer you know, though? Just, what uh, what uh, what was her uh, what happened to well, her issue? Is and, it's,
2: still, it's, it's still pending, but of course it's pending now. When and of course you know it was hard to find somebody to be the you know to be the local lawyer to raise money. You know, um, yeah. Well, the pack is supposed to still ra- raise raise money for this, and um, so um, so the, the the lawsuit is unresolved. And
1: it's an election lawsuit, right? Is an election lawsuit? It's an election lawsuit, right? Yeah, it's right? an election contest. Okay, all right. So that's And it. one of the things well, I me... think they need to do is... What? No, go ahead. No, finish. I'm sorry. I got a question for you. Then. One of the things I think they need to do is convert it
2: from a very specific, you know, election, election contest under Florida law is very, um, like probably everywhere, is a very narrow thing. Whereas... You know, they may need to do a, a more generic lawsuit that can, um, the law without, you know, without them saying, well, the lawsuit, you know, the election's over, so it's too late, you're just out of luck. There needs to be something more open-ended than that. Um, and, um, so I these are the things. So, so the thing is, you know, their, their position is that the court cannot, um, intervene because of the way Florida the Florida legislature wrote the law hmm. is that and, and, and I think we have to lead Florida needs to lead the way in terms of um, how you know in terms of you know the thing is you know vote, vote signature matching and, and they're, they're saying that you cannot use any other indication so they they're, they're arguing on um, to the court that if you have Overwhelming evidence of objectively provable fault, fraud. You cannot consider that. The court cannot look at it because the signatures match. Period. Done.
1: And yeah, but why did the signatures match? The, that's my question. Why did they match? Did someone forge them well? Did yeah. they photocopy them well? But what, that, how did they match?
2: Well, that's the thing. Who knows? They're not. They're not FBI document experts they just get a bunch mm-hmm. of volunteers maybe they got some sloppy training and they eyeball it and, and the way the law is written in Florida it does not suggest that the signature has to be the actual signature of the actual voter mm-hmm. it just says the voter it just says the signature that's on the voter um, uh, registration card has to match the signature on the outside of the vote-by-mail envelope.
1: See, this shouldn't be a vote-by-mail you,
2: What? That what?
1: You, you're never going to have good vote-by-mail. Vote, vote Anytime you, you interrupt the chain of custody between the person who cast the vote and the actual counting of the vote, you've got a problem. So vote-by-mail should not right. exist, except maybe right. rare absentee so, and ones, you know, and, and that you can't, because those are so small a number. Those you could verify pretty easily, and those should all be counted before the election anyway, before, before election day.
2: Right. But but that's where um we have been I mean, the thing is is I, I remember back, you know, probably fifteen years ago at least. Mm-hmm. Where all these internet, you know, hot pocket sleep you know, living in the grandma's basement kind of uh, you know, raw, raw cheerleaders for technology, you know, they wanted to go to voter registration for um they wanted to go for voting by internet, voting by you know what I mean because no. Again, there's the tendency <laughs> to just be excited about technology. You know, we we could do this. Well, should you? you know, should you do it? Um, well, but we can.
1: Let um, yeah, me.
2: And, Bob, uh, well, go ahead.
1: Well, I want to learn something about you that I've been thinking of. I hit upon this in the first hour. Florida, one of the good things Florida does is they count the absentee and they count the mail-in votes ahead of time. Uh, they count the early votes ahead of time. There's like a, a gap between like three or four days between the, the end of early voting and the election. I think Saturday um, before the election, uh, all, the, all the early voting stopped. And then Tuesday is election day. So you have four days in there. I think the mail-in vote, same thing. You cannot drop off mail-in ballots on election day. They all have to be in by a certain time ahead of time. So if you do that, that makes a, a whole lot uh, of sense in terms of, you know, you're not going to have late vote drops like all these other states where these problems are. So all those votes are counted ahead of time before Election Day. Now, when you vote on Election Day, your vote goes into a tabulating machine or a voting machine of some kind. The vote is counted right there. So it has suddenly occurred to me. That every single ballot is counted by the time the last person cast the last ballot, you know, in the last open precinct, which would be in the panhandle because we're on central time here. You know, so when that last person cast their ballot, you know, and that ballot is counted instantaneously by that machine, they're done. So this idea that the votes are counted after the last person voted is really kind of ludicrous. And it just occurred to me that but, the votes are already counted. So this is why the results but, can be know, out and so fast. It, All they have to the do is idea. tabulate them with the counties. But the counting was done. And the
2: idea of a a tabulator, which we, you know, which is, you know, everything is a computer these days. You know, Uh your refrigerator has a computer and possibly an Internet connection in it. Um, Yeah, probably. uh, So um, a tabulator, you know,
1: it, it is a voter machine.
2: Is, but, but is it internet it's, it's connected? Machine
1: where yeah. you take as long as it's just counting, it's okay. But if it's internet connected or has a modem or any capacity to be connected to any kind of a network, it should be illegal.
2: Well, but it's still it's still just I mean it, it's still just a voting machine, except that it except that it it takes the numbers off, it scans them off the piece of paper instead of me catching the screen. Um, and of course, what happened in Arizona is as many as thirty percent of the precincts. All their tabulators went out and
1: and they they, they stopped working. And well, course, that's you're because you're Republicans vote on Election Day and Democrats vote early, and they knew that. I didn't see this one coming. I, I, I regret that I, that I didn't. But uh, I, I realized it just a couple weeks before the election, I said, I'm going to vote early. I've changed my mind. I used to think that election on, voting on Election Day was the best way to go. Then I suddenly realized if all the Republicans are voting on Election Day and all the Democrats are voting early, it's going to be really easy to sabotage the election on Election Day, and there's no time to recover from that. And so that's why they voted. Right. Early.
2: And then, and of course, and of course, the judge, they went to a judge
1: mm-hmm. and, it, you know, in every other case, they would have extended the, the voting. deadline. But no, did you hear the details that. on that? Did you hear that they went to the judge? The re- Republican lawyers were so lazy. They got to the judge like 10 minutes before the polls closed. They said, you're too late. You can't extend them now. You can't get notice out to people. They should have gone first thing in the morning, but they didn't. They waited till the end of the day. That's why that got sabotaged by the judge. It's not the judge well, that was that's, all, It's Republican lawyers that didn't uh, go after it as well, soon as they all
2: could. that's too typical as that thing.
1: It is because they're know? gelding yes. they're the gelding old party. They're yeah, not. I can see that. Did you hear my campaign? Did you hear my because campaign? The thing is, go ahead.
2: I have, in years past, mm-hmm. I have been part of, um, you know, being on a team ready to respond
0: mm-hmm.
2: on election day, and. and mm. You know, used to be, uh, not too long ago, I assume they still do it. They recruit lawyers, Republican lawyers, and I'm just they Democrat lawyers. They register them, and then they get trained, you know, weeks before election day. Hmm. So those lawsuits should have been already written. You know, it, like you just fill in the details, you know, run, and, you know, you have some, I mean, if, if this is done properly, especially with Maricopa County, I think it was Maricopa, wasn't it? Um,
3: you have someone
2: waiting at the courthouse. I can guarantee you that the Democrats not only have the form of uh, the lawsuit already pre-written before election day, have Mm -hmm. all the information about, you know, who the respondents' addresses are, which is going to be time consuming, and actually have somebody standing by, you know, sipping coffee across the street from the courthouse, Mm -hmm. you know, at the nearest UPS store. I mean, that's what, that's how it's done. But, you know, not for us. So. Um, well, let's you know,
1: so no for that. well, let's ask a fundamental question. Well, let's ask a fundamental question. I'm firmly convinced. In fact, I started a campaign in the first hour. Republicans don't matter. The party doesn't matter. They don't care. They don't fight. They don't lead. They, they give away their power every possible opportunity. And one of the biggest vote frauds is the Senate. We have 50 Republican Senate, or we had. 50 Republican senators and 48 uh, uh, Democrat senators. And yet the Democrats were in the majority. They had two independents that should not be counted as Democrats. And they had a vice president they counted as part of the Senate when she's not part of the Senate. She's not involved in any of the committees. She's not involved in any action in the except breaking a tie after the Senate has already decided and deadlocked. So, that should have been, uh, so the Republicans should have had the majority control of the Senate for the last two years. But they didn't because they're geldings. They were, that's vote fraud. They wouldn't even count. I mean, we you openly saw the vote. 50 Republicans to 48 Democrats, two independents, and a vice president. Okay? The Republicans were in the majority. <laughs> you know, and yet, and yet, they refuse to take power. They don't deserve power. I, I, I'm telling you, Republicans don't matter. They do not matter anymore. I'm not going to put any, uh, any work into them. I'll, I'll talk to certain Republicans, but as a, I don't know if I'm even going to talk about them anymore. And, in fact, I've talked to some people about going to, I'm going to try and reach Steve Bannon, uh, but I'm going to try and get to, to be purely issues-oriented. So I don't care who's in power. So my, my new philosophy is, and I thought about this over the weekend, that we need to stop, stop worrying about candidates. Stop worrying about elections. They've been stolen. You know, let's deal with, with – they're going to steal it anyway, and the Republicans aren't going to fight for it. We can't – like you said, you can't force people to be citizens. You can't force Republicans to actually honor, you know, God, country, family, and, uh, and the vote. You can't force them to do the right thing, because they absolutely refuse. So what I want to do is start attacking the Democrats and say, all right, you guys are in power. You stole the election. What are you going to do about vaccine product liability? What are you going to do about big tech? Here's the bills. We've written them. We've got them all set. Here they are. We want you to pass these bills. I want you to at least put them in committee and study them, and let's get going. And if you're not going to vote for them, then uh, we're going to think about that the next election, too. So you make the issues the issue. You, make the, you demonize the party. So look, you people are not doing what you're supposed to do. You're not even talking about the national debt. Here's a bill that takes... a. Uh, constitutional. It takes the power away of Congress to borrow money. Oh, they're going to scream. They're going to go crazy. doesn't matter. I want to go strictly issues from now on. I want to give up this idea of candidates and elections because they're stolen. They're so bad. It's so complex. And you can just outline a very complex scheme. But that's one of maybe 50 schemes, you know, ballot harvesting, uh, propaganda in the media. You know, you talked about the, the lost generation. Well, the lost generation, there's the three things I wrote down as you were talking about that. Uh, the schools which have to be closed. You've got to get rid of the government schools. That's an indoctrination center. You know, you've got to take, uh, you've got to be as big an influence on kids, you know, in the media. In other words, uh, all, all the news organizations and the entertainment. Conservatives have to have a huge entertainment presence. And the last one is the party themselves, the Democrats. You've got to negate them somehow. And I think with issues and prove them inadequate to the issues, make them look like idiots. So look, if you're not going to do this, you people are hopeless. Who needs you? Let's make them not matter. You know, Democrats think they matter. We want to put them in a position where they don't matter unless they pass these bills. Totally different philosophy, totally different change of emphasis. I don't care about elections anymore. Elections are stolen. They're worthless. I don't care about the Republicans. Republicans don't matter. And I want to make the Democrats not matter either, but make the issues matter and go exclusively on an issue basis and say, here's the bill. Here's what we need. This is what's going to happen. And that's where all our activism should be. Total change of strategy. And I'm hitting you with this now. You haven't had a chance to think it through. But well, I mean, yeah, I, that's where I, I think, our energy I think needs to
2: especially in a place like Florida, there is the possibility to work with the with the legislature and things. But I mean, because uh-huh. here, for example, when when Liz Cheney got kicked out,
0: uh-huh.
2: um, it started with local, because one of the things I want to talk about, and, and first of all, let me finish up with the vote by mail because the oh, yeah, signature match is not adequate. There has to be something like you know, you you have to there are mobile notaries, and if somebody you know if you're going to vote by mail, you have to go to a notary public um, and have your signature, you know, and and they see ID. And so if somebody's if somebody's cheating, they're going to be um, more likely to uh, you know to uh, to refrain from the possibility of getting of getting um, I mean, they should have a. They should probably have a notary public, where like I've had a. I've had a guy who served lawsuits, and he would take a take a photograph of the house and of the person when when he sent it. So I would say like if if someone's going to vote by mail, you know that they go before a notary public or a mobile notary public comes to them, and we have. They're a photocopy of the ID, and they take a picture of the person. And I think the the, the likelihood of, um, you know, the likelihood of a um, of fraud when people know they're likely to get caught is gonna is gonna drop. But the thing is, like I say, the law has to be changed so that because right now, if I could say I could prove that this person was in sur- surgery, they did not cast this ballot.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, the law is written arguably by one side is doesn't matter you still have to count the count the vote because the signatures appear to match. You asked the question, I think you started asking the question, what does it mean? that the signatures match? Nobody knows. You say in what way do they match? I don't know. The statute the legislature hasn't identified that. You know, what what you know, in what way do they match? Because if I stand outside the bank and I scrawl out a check as opposed to carefully writing a uh, an important document. My mm-hmm. signature won't match myself. You know right. how I how I write my signature at different times will not match from one t- occasion to the next. Um, and so, how do you say that this this is a valid but vote if the signatures match? If you can't tell me what match means, you know what? Is, and these are not FBI document examiners where they can look at the points and say. You know, you know, I've been trained for twenty years, and pat- looking past the variations in in the scrawl, I can see the certain points of uh, you know of, of emphasis that tell me this is the same signature. These are just mm-hmm. volunteers, like you know, in Florida, but you know, excuse me, but possibly grandmothers who were just given you know a couple hours of training,
1: and they're going. I heard they were high, the high school kids. To, <clears> throat> throat> the things very fair, as I heard. We're like high kids okay, just out of high school because they were cheap. Yeah, I've heard some horrendous things about that. So yeah. But vote by mail should exist. There should not be vote by mail, except in extreme cases of absentee ballots. Well, that's the conclusion. Yeah.
2: That's the thing. You oh, start okay. out with the idea that vote by mail, oh, that sounds wonderful. Isn't that, that a doesn't... great innovation? And we're moving forward and it's progressive. So you can't just say, no, it's bad, because they feel, they feel like it ought to be good. And then when you get into the details, you say, okay, how are we going to do this? And then they have to go, oh, this doesn't work. If you, if you go head-on and you say, voting by mail is bad, they're like, oh, but I feel so good about it. You know, and, and you have to come to feel. the conclusion. You just Without say, a government you of feeling You go through the nitty-gritty details. What?
1: Yeah, a no government of feeling. You
2: go through the nitty-gritty details, and you find, you know what? This doesn't work.
1: Yeah. This can't work. It's um, breaking custody. It goes back to the custody, the chain of custody. The minute you break the chain of custody from the person casting and the person counting, You've lost it. You've lost the vote. There's vote fraud. That's what they don't do with evidence. That's why they have a chain of custody with evidence. For the same reason, you know this, you know. But to the same, you have to have a chain of custody in voting. You know, if you if you break that and chain, on the internet
2: they say can't can't I you know can't I mail in my drug test for my employer?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. You know, you know, if the police pulls you over, and say, don't worry, I'll I'll uh, I'll mail in a breathalyzer test to you later. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, let, me, let me fill out your, your form for you. Yeah, no problem here. Yeah, and here's another thing, too, about the vote. People, uh, you know, I, I'm fully, I fully believe that uh, um, that just because something's a right doesn't mean you have to make Herculean efforts to make sure everybody exercises it, exercises it. I don't see the government giving people guns so they can exercise the Second Amendment rights. You know, I don't see the government handing out computers so that we can exercise our free speech rights. You know, you have to, uh, there are things you have to do to exercise rights, and that goes for voting, too. So you don't have to have vote by mail. You know, you may be required to show up at a polling place early voting uh, or in the case where you absolutely can't do it or can't be here, you know, then you can vote absentee, but there has to be a good reason for it. Same thing on the military basis. The idea of transporting the ballots to the to, to, uh, stateside, you know, to count the ballots isn't thing. You count them on the precinct, you count them on the military bases wherever they are in the world, and you uh, send in the results. You don't send in the, you don't do it by voting machine, you do it by phone, you know, something like that, once they've been tabulated. So there are ways to do these things. But there's no Herculean effort that's, that's that point. has to be made that you have to visit everybody in a nursing home who does, has no clue of what the issues are and say, here, we think you should vote. And uh, no, no. In the same way that you have to buy a gun to exercise your Second Amendment rights, you have to show up the polls to exercise your right to vote. I do not understand Herculean efforts to make sure unless you're a vote fraud person, unless you're taking advantage of people. Because we, we don't want people exercising the Second Amendment rights who n- know nothing about guns. We don't want people yelling and screaming absurdities who have no idea and calling it free speech. I mean, you can do it. We don't want people libeling and slandering. That's actually a crime. But in the same way, we don't want people voting who have no clue what they're doing to make such Herculean efforts that so we get every possible vote in. That's just vote fraud. That's not a good result. That's a, that's a horrible result. And that's one of the big problems. So this magic that everybody has to vote because it's a right, is insane because we don't do that for any other right. There is, if, you, if you want to exercise, if you want a due process, sometimes you have to scream for it, you have to sue for it, you have to get good lawyers for it. It can cost you a fortune to get your due process, even though that's a constitutional right. So why do we go out and do all this stuff for, vote, for voting unless it's vote fraud? The, uh, voting should be a right like any other right, no more, no less. What do you think of that?
2: Right. Well, I would, dis- I would disagree a little bit about your thing on the parties. Um, I think okay. – you know, for example, there's a lot of um, you know people. People need to realize it. Now, in Florida, you may have the chance of going direct to the Florida Legislature. Um, that in other places you would have a uh, a hard time dealing with. But but again, these people, even mm-hmm. even though they have an R behind their name, they're still cowards and they, you know, they respond to public pressure. So the they don't matter. People should understand that the state Republican don't matter party. Mm-hmm. The, the state party has a. Platform and any Hmm. county or congressional district or local party can pass resolutions. That's why when you know why did the why did the um, the state the Wyoming state party Mm -hmm. took out Liz Cheney or whatever they did that they rebuked her I forget what what the terminology was because all of the local ones had already done it. So, so you get you get resolutions in, in in all of the the county things saying we want this,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and then you get it up to the state level, and the state party is going to you know probably go along with what all of the, the local
1: party units have already decided. It's not courageous if everybody approves it already. it's not courageous if everybody approves it.
3: No, it isn't courageous
1: at all. But I mean, this is how to get it done. Oh, okay,
2: is you know if you get if you go to your county, your Florida county um Republican exact you know committee, and you should belong. Okay, you know do, do you care? I mean I mean I, I know you realize it's not it's the thing is grassroots is different than Kevin McCarthy I, I would say, and you know it, it, most most local party units. um are uh, understaffed and, um, and you don't, you don't go in there and spouting, you know, you know, like this is back in the Tea Party or Pat Robertson. or you, know, you don't go in there spouting, you know, QAnon, um, you know, it's none of their business. You go in there, you volunteer, you move some chairs afterwards. And before you know it, you know, they love you and they put you in charge of things because hardly anybody <laughs> shows up. So, um, so you, um, You know, you get these things, you get resolutions voted on and you you get, you know, you get enough people to take over. The thing is, when it comes to the county or city or congressional district Republican Party committee, you take it over. You get our people in there in greater numbers and you vote the flipping, you know, Rockefeller Republican Garden Party um, jerks out of there. I mean, remember, the Republican Party, is, 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 my analysis, has been in a civil war since mm-hmm. 1964 or earlier. There mm-hmm. is no Republican Party. There's two or three or four different Republican parties, and they've been at war with each other, you know, for longer than most people have been alive. And um, so, you know, so, so the number one goal is to kick those rhinos out of the hot balloon gondola, you know, once and for all and never come back. Um, and, of course, that's the political analysis we're not going to have time for but about the Sanders and blaming Trump and everything like that. It's, you know, But that's a whole other topic. Mm-hmm. Um, they're trying to, uh, you know, the, the, the rhino establishment swamp creatures are forever trying to find a way to silence the American people and put, pe- put things back the way it was when they ran everything and nobody paid any attention. It's got
1: nothing oh, yeah. to do with Trump. Uh, nothing systems. to do with DeSantis. Yeah. Okay, no finish.
2: Yeah, it's all about. It's all about how can, you know, it's all about. We want, you know, we want the part. You know, we stole the we stole the Republican Party, and the American people are are taking it back, and we
1: don't. We have to, you know, stop that at any at all costs. Yep. I'll say something interesting. I get far more opposition from the Republican Party, even in my own area here of Milton and Pensacola, Florida, than I do from, from the Democrats. The Democrats don't care about me, first of all, because you know, I'm so different from them. Although they're welcome on the show. I'd love to have them on. I've been trying to get some Democrats on the show. But it's the Republicans that cause me the problems. They're the other ones who refuse to to work with the bill. There's one group. I'll mention them here because they're really cool. Gulf Breeze Patriots. Those folks are Gulf Coast Patriots. I think it's Gulf Coast Patriots. Those guys are really great. They're wonderful people. Um, but as far as the other Republican groups go, <clears throat> I don't have any use for them. They're not helping me. They're opposing me. They're, they're bad mouthing me behind my well, back. Well, they they they're they're, they're, they they're are the
0: enemy.
1: well, yeah. I mean, but, they're, it's,
0: they're, but it's they're, openly they're not, not wayward
2: they Republicans. They yeah. are the enemy. They are. They yeah. are. They are the. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know they are what is wrong with our country.
1: And, well, that's why I say Republicans like don't seen. matter unless they prove they matter. They don't matter. I get yeah, to uh, yeah. Pianchi, I'll get him on the line here in a second. But, but, but again,
2: uh, it depends on yeah. what you mean by Republicans.
1: If oh, the Republican you mean Party the, if, doesn't I mean, matter. The party doesn't matter. If you mean matter, the, the
2: Rockefeller Republicans, yeah. And and um, Goldwater, of course, was not a classic conservative. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying we should be a Barry Goldwater conservative, but I mean when you had. The the point is is that the open warfare was so conspicuous so long ago. How could you miss it? Mm. You know, in 1964, it was it was an open, you know, civil war in, in Rockefeller. And the re, of course, Rockefeller Republicans is not a label. There was actually a candidate, Rockefeller,
3: who was Nelson the candidate. Rockefeller Junior. Yep. Yeah, oh,
2: yeah, he was the candidate of all these Hor Carthy, Mitch McConnell, you know, champion of the day. Like we,
1: yep. you know, we want the, the Mitt club. Romney, we want the, <laughs> John McCain, <laughs> <laughs> the Bob Dole. There's a long tradition of them. Yeah.
2: Right. So, but, and people say, oh, that was a long time ago, and my response no. is, okay, you've had plenty of time to catch up. You, you, how did you? You say, yeah, okay, that's way back in 1964. Well, you should have figured it out by now. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've ha- if, if we've had since 1964 for you to figure out that there's an there's a civil war in the Republican Party. And it's been ni- since 1964. How did you miss it in all this time? So when people say the Republicans this and the Republicans that, there is no Republican Party. Hmm. There's two, three, or four Republican parties. So when you say the Republicans do this or the Republicans don't do that, which Republicans? Which ones?
1: Yeah. And I'm still going to move to issues. I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to transcend party and just go with the issues. I'm going, to accuse, I'm going to attack the Democrats and say, look, if you guys are going to keep stealing the elections, you're going to be responsible for not putting in vaccine liability, not fixing big tech, you know, spending us into oblivion. You're going to be responsible, And we're not going to let you do that. We're just, you know, so I think uh, that's what the attack. If they're going to be in charge, then we might as well start to uh, start attacking and uh, forcing the Democrats to do the right thing. Pianki, we've got a few minutes before Dorothy gets here. What do you want to say?
3: I'm just listening. You
1: got a good conversation going, on. Yeah, we do. It's Mondays, Mondays are pretty, pretty amazing around here. Then we totally change gears at nine o'clock. It's really insane the way it happens. Well, those is uh, Jonathan. I mean, that's, that's really what I'm trying to do. And I think that uh, um, that you know they are so corrupt and so useless and such geldings. Uh, in fact, I'll be uh, unregistering as a Republican here, probably this week. I'm going to go to my local elections office. I may unregister to vote completely and register before, you know, before the uh, the 2024 elections, before the primaries. But uh, I see no reason to be a part of the, of this system uh, that is so horrible, that is that is so entrenched, that is that has allowed uh, a, a treasonous coup to take over our, our, our federal government. We have no federal government at this point. There's nothing legitimate about anything that's going on. And how is it that, uh, that Brandon has a 30% approval rating, even though he's a criminal uh, and shouldn't be there, has a 30% approval rating, and yet Congress is 50% uh, Democrat? That makes no sense. There's something wrong here. There's, a, there's an incongruity. There's an inconsistency. There's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, such a fraudulent nature about this entire thing. Uh, it's impossible to believe. Well, let's talk about the young folks. We've got a few minutes here before, uh, before Dorothy gets here. What do you think is going on with the youth? How, I, why do they think that, uh, that abortion and climate change will save this country? Why do they think that killing babies and, and a mistake on CO2, you know, that the, it can actually have power over the climate? Why do they think those are the most important things that they need to deal with?
2: What is going on? Because they've been, in, they've been, they've been indoctrinated into it. Um, okay, so. And, you know, for
1: several well, seconds,
2: I mean, I remember when,
1: so the source you know, is what? It, What's the source of indoctrination? There's no well, parents. The,
2: it's the left. The, the left has always I mean, this is the way the left has always done things.
0: Mm-hmm. They
2: look for institutions. They burrow in them, take them over, and try to turn them, you know, like parasites into... Why do we let that? Um, <clears throat> why do we allow that? Because well, we're why stupid. Do, because okay. everything, that, everything that is happening today... My mother in Eagle Farm in the 70s and I in the 80s were warning about. There is nothing happening today that the American people weren't warned. Conservatives said, you have to fix this. You have to, you, know, you have to do something about the media. You have to do something about the schools. And the
1: American people are like, oh, it couldn't be that bad. You're just yeah, exaggerating. Germans thought, that You're just- Germans thought that. The Chinese thought that. The Japanese thought that. You know, uh, and it, pick a dictatorship. I mean, the Mongols, you know, 8,000 years ago thought that. <laughs> It, just, it doesn't matter. Sure. Everybody thinks that it can't happen here. I always knew it could happen anywhere I was because it has happened. Things that have happened to me in my youth convinced me very quickly that anything that uh, can, anything that uh, has happened, can happen. You know, so I, I there's never a, felt There's
2: it. a meme on
1: on Facebook uh-huh.
2: about you know like kind of a concerned intervention, like how to talk to your friend who believes in conspiracy theories, and and the answer is to say. Sorry, bro, you were
1: right. I was, you know, you were right all <laughs> along. <laughs> That's how you talked about it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, even that trans-conspiracy so, theory, they demonize people for thinking. it so what they're really saying is don't think about a theory, even though theories, you know, the thing, so, so is evolution a conspiracy theory? Yes. Okay. Um, but,
2: but, this, but, yeah, so the thing is they're prosecuting people for conspiracies all the time. Of course there are conspiracies. They prosecute people for it. Mm-hmm. Um, a conspiracy theory is you know, is someone who believes things without evidence, like climate change. Or, well, I thought a conspiracy you know,
1: theory was someone who has a theory about an actual conspiracy, like the coup. So in that respect, I am a conspiracy theorist because I theorize so the, the label that, that based I mean, on these evidence... Words have been,
2: these uh, words have been abused.
1: Yes, they have. I mean, if, if a prosecutor
2: gets up and explains in the opening statement how these defendants engaged in a conspiracy... Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's uh, criminal law. That's not, there's anything wrong with that. The, you, the, the term conspiracy theory doesn't mean what the words
1: literally say. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It means um, you're an it, idiot. It, it that's mean, what it means. It means you're a wacko, paranoid idiot that has to be controlled. That's what it means. Now, here's a... Um, oh, I was just going to tell you something. too. I forgot about it. Oh, I'll think about it in a second.
2: Well, it, it, so it, means, me be- it, means, it means believing something without evidence. Right. And that's why I suggest that... The Florida legislature needs to change the some of the academic requirements. Now you can't we can't as Republicans and conservatives tell young people or anybody else you must believe this. So you're not allowed <laughs> to believe that. Yeah, that won't so it puts us in a difficult situation. So but I think that we need to to say that every every graduate and let's go because of college, you know, high school dropouts, let's put it at tenth grade so that in case people don't finish, they have <laughs> to know what the scientific method is. So they'll look at climate change and say, this is, you know, this is bull. You know, if they actually understand the scientific method and somebody says, you know, you're going to die and you know, you're going to die because of climate change. They say, well,
1: where's your evidence?
2: Mm-hmm. And, you know,
1: you can't, or mine, you can't show how it no works. one can be allowed. Explain huh? how climate change works. Well, go ahead and explain how it works. Explain how climate change works. Well, I'm not a scientist. Well, then you have no basis of discussing this with me, do you? If you don't know how climate change works, you can't say it's going to kill us all. You've got to have at least a basic well, I mean, understanding and, and quickly, of, the thing, of the climate.
2: And quickly, the thing is, A uh-huh. happened and then B happened. You know, the, the – the, um, Oh, uh, as I think but I mentioned not – There are graphs saying that – Go
1: ahead. What? let coincidence. There are graphs saying
2: that the number of yeah. pirates in the world decreased and mm-hmm. then the Earth warmed. <laughs> so, you know, so therefore, the number of Co- pirates uh-huh. going down is causing global warming. Yeah. Well, anyone with a little bit of science would go, well, that's ridiculous. That's not science. Yep. A happened, and B happened is not science. Um, you have to do experiments.
0: Yeah.
2: And they're saying that, you know, the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere has risen, which they have no way of measuring. Well, actually, and that's a good
1: thing, though. Then, <laughs> yeah. Huh? We proved it was a good thing. We need what? more CO2. CO2 is essential. Well, the carbon carbon. Saying, <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Jonathan. The key
3: thing that Jonathan yeah, but, yeah. said was uh, <laughs> the, the different ways this came about, and one right. of the major ways is through education. Or should I say, a lack of educational uh-huh. systems are totally ridiculous, and it's putting people out there that's uh, they just basically walking blobs of flesh, uh-huh. and they act from they respond to sunlight, they respond to cold, they respond to loud noises, a boom. A jolt. That's about what you have.
2: Yep. No, that's that's right. That's why I I think that we have to. We can't we can't you know legislate what people believe, but I think that we can say that in the schools, they have to learn the basics. Because I mean, there was a time when if you were sick, they would put leeches on you. Okay. Is there any scientific proof that putting leeches on you, is going to um, cure you of, of whatever? But everybody believed it. So, you know, believing something without evidence is not, you know, is not science. You know, they, bloodletting, um, they used to believe that oily rag, you know, rats and mice were seen in basements and cellars, um, coincident with oily rags and trash. They mm. believed in the spontaneous generation theory that oily rag, oily dirty rags spontaneously turn into mice and rats. Kid you not? And if at the time, if you had said, you know, I don't believe in spontaneous generation, you know, they would have taken you out back and burned you at the stake or something, like they do today. Um, So, just understanding that the reason why there is science is to exclude superstitions. Now, The the mistakes we've made in the past are the target, the bullseye, against Mm -hmm. which the scientific method is to say, we're not going to do this ever again. You know, they... uh, some old haggy lady moved into this village, and then a bunch of people got sick. Well, then clearly she's a witch. So let's
1: burn her. You know, <laughs> yeah. the, so well that's mob rule. We that's democracy. Generation. That's, that's, uh, that's democracy. That's like a lynch mob. You know, well we we think they might be mm-hmm. guilty. They, they must be guilty. You know, they were there or they were in the vicinity, so they must have done it. Yeah, same logic. The thing
2: is, we can't. We have to. Ed- but the thing is, we're not educating. We have an entire lost generation. And what I would like to what I'd like to see is somebody get up there. If I had won the billion dollar lottery, that i put up things and say, "Dear young people, I'm sorry your parents' generation didn't want to grow up and you were raised by children." Yeah. You know, we have entire lost generations. I was sitting here looking at the airport at these young people, and I was, you know, after the news, thinking, "My God, what 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 have we done to these people? You know, that we've been raised. We we have entire." Generations of children who were raised by children,
3: yeah, and who were raised uh, by, by the education. What about system.
1: the? Uh, yeah, then I a Question for what Jonathan.
3: about the states that? What about the states that had this re- ridiculous issue on the ballots by removing slavery out of the state constitutions? Well, I do not know about
1: that. When was this? That's the first I've heard of it.
3: Well, it's it's been going on. It's an issue. It's at least five states that. Uh, voted yes for
1: it. Uh, and Wait a minute. They should have slavery in the Constitution?
3: You know, well, it's written like the 13th Well, it's,
1: kind of, now. it's kind of It's kind of
3: outdated well, yeah. at this point. Unless as a condition, unless as, uh, you know how it's written in the 13th Amendment, if, uh, if you committed a crime, slavery and voluntary so- servitude.
2: Oh right, so they're saying that punishment for crime is slavery. I've, yes. I've heard that argument, but but also you know uh, there is a problem sometimes when the Supreme Court outlaws, you know, says something is outlawed, but nobody goes back to update the laws or the Constitution. That you know, I'm not sure I would be a, totally against removing it there, but like one of the things I'm that we should need to educate people is, for example, the three fifths uh, clause of the Constitution which is clearly designed to weaken the political strength of any, any state that has slaves. Um, you know, it's well, made Britain that.
1: But, yeah. hmm? Let's, uh, the northern states did that because they didn't want the South having more representation in Congress so by having the slaves be whole right, people. But,
2: but, it's, um, but it's, it's mistaught as saying that a, per, that a black person is three-fifths of a white person. Well, what does that even mean? You know what? What does that mean? The only thing it means is the mathematics of how many members of Congress you get. But, right. but 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 they're taught that that you know that a a black person is three fifths of a white person. Like how 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 can you be you know. Give me an example of how that operates. Uh, that
1: makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, this I mean, in what, in what, I, sense would, I you... would get rid of all the government schools. That's the, the first thing we I need. mean, get rid of the government schools, Republicans start entertaining and, and getting and taking over media. I mean, uh, Elon Musk should have bought, you know, Fox uh, and a bunch of things. We got Dorothy line. I want to, we got to switch uh, gears here a little bit here. I just want to ask one more question, which is probably huge, but we might want to take this up next week. Um, Title 18, Section 241, Conspiracy Against Rights provides federal jail time and huge fines for anybody that oppresses the exercise or enjoyment of a constitutional right. I think I want to take this up next time. Mm -hmm. How come that is never enforced? That is, that is one of the most powerful laws in in the federal government. And yet it's never touched
2: because the because it can't, there's no civil because it is a difference between something that only the government can do and something that a private plaintiff can do. And that requires government, prosecutors who are all worthless and politically corrupt. You know, I'm not saying they're taking money, but they're corrupt right. because, again, they're not going to go... You know, The only thing that the prosecutors and the DOJ and everything else knows is what's popular and what everybody else is saying. Like, like everybody else, they don't go back to the original documents. They don't have a, an original thought.
1: They just go with what everybody else is saying around them. Yep. So the they're assumptions never going to take their out. Yeah, makes sense. Let me hold you up here. We're gonna we're gonna switch totally here, but I'm gonna play something real quick. All you right. got, I, I got, got new I sound effects. Okay, well that's all right. Well okay. thank you, Jonathan. Appreciate Thanks. it. It's been fun. Let's play this and get uh, get with uh, Dorothy. Well that's dramatic. I like this. That well, sounds like I should be announcing that we've landed on Mars or something. It's <laughs> pretty dramatic. Let me make uh, Dorothy's line live. I think I forgot to do that. It's been quite a Monday here. We've been, we've been busy. I've, I was on, on an absolute rant in the first hour. Jonathan had a whole bunch of stuff to say in the second, and Pianki's joined us also. And uh, let's get Dorothy. Let's, let's completely change everything. And what do we got in our sex and sensuality report? What's uh, what? What have you been thinking about? What you've been doing in your cafes and restaurants and uh, conversations <laughs> and, all the, and all the fun things that you do all week? So uh, yeah. Oh, you
4: make my life. You make my life sound so exciting. I like your. It version is exciting. Okay, um, hey, listen. We, we go from politics to sex. This
1: whole show is exciting. You know, this is, well, we get the, big, the best change cafes. we got. Mm-hmm. Go ahead.
4: I've done a What's couple that? cafes this week, but not. Um, I, you know. I, I, I usually kind of do a lot of quiet talks with friends. And as I move through my week, I kind of see like, what, what's the vibe happening right now? Like mm. what are people interested in and what they like we'll regarding try. intimacy? <laughs> well, oh. I'm telling you, I mean, regarding intimacy and sensuality and relationships, oh. Oh. like what what's right. everyone talking about, you know, like there's usually like a collective consciousness. that's kind of interesting, but um <clears throat> So I'm going to just share what, what's been on my mind, and then you you actually sent me a message about politics and political couples, and that was a fully different um, topic than I was kind of thinking. But okay, let's I, your It's
0: your I got into report. that we...
4: also, though.
0: Okay. I got into well, we'll do your topic also. first. I actually
4: started exploring, and I went down a rabbit hole, oh my Uh-oh. gosh, with uh, the Uh-oh. Clintons, but
1: uh, <laughs> I know.
4: Um, you sent
1: me something, and I, I haven't had a chance to look at it because I'm like doing a radio show right now, so you know, kind I of I mean, I'm telling
4: Greg. I got, uh, yeah, I went down a rep.
1: Did you come back out again? Oh, she dropped. Dorothy, call us back. Where'd you go? She'll be back in just a second. Pianki, you got a quick comment here? Now's your chance. <laughs> Dorothy will call us right back. We'll see, uh, see what... She said she uh, got arrested. I think she, no, she went down a rabbit hole. She went so far down, she disappeared. We'll see if she gets a quick call. I, I sent a little message yeah. right now. Uh-huh. Alice done the same thing. Exactly. I think I'm going to call this Sex and Politics Monday. (laughs) So do you think Republicans matter? I don't. I'm going to go strictly issues from now. I don't care about parties. I don't care about elections. I probably won't talk about it until much later in the process. But, uh, you know, I mean, we need the candidates to be able to vote the bills in. But as far as that goes, I'd rather whoever, you know, whichever elected party steals you know, whichever party steals the election and throws themselves to us, I want to hold them accountable for not doing the things they should do. So we'll see what happens. Where'd she go? Maybe something happened to uh, she had to take care of. Let me see. it's, it's really nothing else I have to play well, right you now. You got to so, get a basis.
3: You got to you have to have the strong basis of, of why you even living. And that constitutional basis isn't there. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know what to say.
1: Okay. Well, that's fine. We got Dorothy back. Um, so so you went so far what down the rabbit hole, Dorothy. To
4: me?
1: I don't know. You went so far down the rabbit hole, you disappeared. <laughs>
4: I guess I did. Suddenly, it just the call just vanished. So I don't
1: know. No either. It disappeared on mine. My... Well, was the I Clinton. mean, if, if the feds are going to cut anybody, you know, if the feds are cutting anybody, they, they shouldn't cut you. They should cut me. You know, I mean, you're you're no danger. You're no threat. <laughs> Uh, unless they they have no sex lives in the federal government, in which case maybe that's possible. We can uh, that's a whole. Well, I said
4: a tr- I, I said a trigger word. I said the Clintons. That's a trigger. I think that's probably a that, trigger
1: word. You oh, you're still here. That's good. You know, so we'll, we'll explore. Do, yeah, we just should, wait. You know, we should do we should do sex in professions. You know, do do Let's bureaucrats do have good sex? What's the code?
4: And uh, I won't say what, the code. The code. Well, we need a code word, so I don't say the Clintons. And I get I say that with respect. I'm not I'm not saying they're terrible people, but um. Okay. But I think it is. A, I think it's a controversial thing to say. So,
1: well, I hear your dog in the background.
4: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. okay. garbage truck thing.
1: Well, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that happens. Yeah, I had the same thing here when the when the trucks go by. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so tell me mm-hmm. what your revelations were, and like I said, we can get to my stuff later. But what, what, what you've been thinking? What's happening in the well, in, in, in in sex world?
4: <laughs> yeah. So so I was I'm interested. I was interested this week, and I'm hearing people talk about how. Um, in their marriages, what's happening, how they rejuvenate the sex life in their marriages, and how um, so. Particularly, you know, I teach sensual dance to women, exotic oh. dance, pole dance, for the purpose of reclaiming our divine feminine Did and getting back dance? into our bodies.
1: You teach pole dance. Yeah,
4: I do a, a yes, a variety of of sensual and exotic dance. We start we start with very simple things, and then we um, and then we end up as the women get more advanced. We have to take it up a notch because they get really strong and really confident. And one place we take it is to a pole, and we have transformed the pole into a victimization um, symbol into um, a a framework for the art of the feminine body. So we sort of reclaimed the pole for housewives that are trying to rekindle romance in their marriage. Oh, you're my new best friend.
1: This is fabulous. Guys all over the world are suddenly going – you know, the Armenian guys and the, and the other people, and the, I didn't pick on them, but just people all around, all around Sri Lanka are just going, pole dancing, this is great. This is an American radio person talking about pole dancing. So You've you just thrilled most well, of the world. Well, yeah, everyone that. wants to yeah. pole
4: dance now. I mean, it, it became very popular. The um, Netflix strip down Rise Up, and then um, uh-huh. there's just the Hustlers movie, Jennifer Lopez. It's become very mainstream, and everyone wants uh-huh. to do it. And our little cousin who's, who just went to college, we have a beautiful little conservative cousin, adorable, angelic, and she's like, Aunt Dorothy, can you teach me a few pole moves? Because all the, like her, She said, all the frat houses have poles now.
1: They so do. her mom and
4: I had a little conversation. Yes. I
1: had no and idea. so we had
4: a conversation first, like, you know, this is your body. You don't need to show off to anyone. You don't have to do right. it. Make sure that she felt like empowered. But then she has a good head on her shoulder. She's like, I know don't worry, I'm fine. I just want to shock everyone by walking by, doing some crazy trick, and then keep walking. She's like, I'm never going to take my clothes off at a frat house and dance for people. So don't worry. So we. we well, not
1: until a few drinks anyway.
4: Cute. <laughs> this girl's not going to do it. Okay, good. This girl's not going to do that. She's, yeah. she's, because, you know, there's a danger, like, it is so over-sexualized that you want young people to make sure they understand, you know, this is for your empowerment. This is not to entertain others, you know. Um, we've reclaimed this as as an exercise tool. So well, I don't, you know, you
1: say and, and, you have, but the guys are probably thinking something else. I find it fascinating in this politically correct, super hyper age where men are bad, women are good, that fraternities put a pole in a fraternity house and not have some wacko group descend upon them and say they're all racist, sexist, and they need to be I don't know flogged. That is well, they don't know
4: about enough. it. I'm sure. I think. I think the youth know really? things that they don't. The adults are not cued into what they're the doing pole? most of the time. The unless you pole. have, unless uh-huh. you keep your finger on the pulse by talking openly and regularly to young adults,
0: uh-huh.
4: adults have no clue what the trends with kids are at all. Interesting. I mean, yeah, they're so far. You know, they do their own thing. So if you have good relationships with the kids and you can talk to them, you find out things like this, and then you can say, hey. You know, I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to tell you, oh, my God, don't you ever do that. You're not allowed to go to those parties anymore. No. But you just teach them how do you navigate the current cultural terrain safely and keeping your power mm-hmm. and your dignity. Well,
1: exercise. Yeah. You know, well, women do gymnastics. I mean, it's, it's actually a form of gymnastics. It's just, you know, it would be interesting if it becomes an Olympic event. <laughs> that, would, that would justify it.
4: Well, and it's. If- and if we take all the stigma away from it, it becomes less powerful anyway. So if everyone's oh. doing it and like every other housewife's going home saying, look what I got. And she's putting a pull up in her office mm-hmm. or um, – then it becomes less of a exotic taboo and so fraught oh. with, you know, naughtiness. It becomes a fun tool for couples to just add to the repertoire, which, you know, is super healthy
1: and delightful, do, you know. Do guys in, in relationships pole dance too? I mean, do they, they swing off <laughs> a pole? I'm just curious.
4: I will tell you, it is rare the man I've met that, when encountering a pole, doesn't try to do something on it. And, <laughs> and there, it's really cute because they're very strong. Men are upper body strong naturally. Right. We can we can mm-hmm. say we're equal all we want to. It's, it's we're not. Our bodies are different. And so, um, the upper body strength on a man is there's no comparison. So tricks that we work for months on, a man or a young guy will go up and immediately be able to land it. I mean, he doesn't point his toes. He's got it looks crazy,
1: but. <laughs> Um, well, pull so much leg you know, dancing for, for my my casual observations over the years, um, but it's, it's a lot of leg strength, and so women have strong legs, so they can so pole dancing and balance too, and center of gravity and all that kind of stuff that I think would, would facilitate yes. pole dancing. That's why women do but, uneven parallel bars but, and guys don't. Guys do a high bar. There's a reason: it's strength versus you know flexibility yeah. and balance. Yeah. Okay.
4: But the super fun tricks are inversions. So you climb up. And mm-hmm. you swing your legs way above your head and grab with your legs. That takes right. all core and muscles. That takes months and months to get where a guy will walk up to the pole and just do it immediately. So those, those really are really hard tricks for a lot of upper body. I,
1: I do it yeah. just for the novelty, but, you know, I'll try almost anything except bungee jumping.
4: There's a, there's a, a martial arts expert and um, chiropractor named Dr. Ken. He's uh-huh. on YouTube. He is right. so beautiful on the pole um, he's very masculine, and he can like jump and pull the pole, and he can like hang by his foot. He's so beautiful. See, now about. that's
1: interesting. Multiple poles. You see, now you're talking. You know, it's interesting that cheerleaders used to be men. It was very, it was an athletic sport, oh, and yes, the guys they would. Men. They were men. Mm-hmm. They were. They would. Uh, they would lead the cheers. They would stack, and they would do uh, gymnastic things, and they would leap over each other, and it was very physical. And women all the cool came things. into it. Yeah, but what's interesting is when you have you have pairs, now when you have men and women doing it, you have the, like the big guys, it's like pair skating, so the big guy throws the woman in the air, and or you have the big pyramids, and the women are on top because they're lighter, at least we hope so, um, but uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's a very interesting thing, but these the things are changing, I you know, I think guys, yeah, it'd be interesting, an athletic male pole dancer, hmm, possibilities here it's so fantastic
4: words, to watch so yeah. so it's, it's crossing okay. all the boundaries now so pole dancing has become mainstream it's um i love that that because it used to be i couldn't help i would say well i teach um i teach body awareness embodied intuitive dance sensual dance and i could never say i feel like i couldn't really say pole to to regular people because they just immediately go go somewhere in their head but now yeah, it's i can jipper. say mm-hmm. and, yeah now i can say and we introduce the pole for for, for strength because it's so How about, much fun uh, and they do it for their husbands and people understand how that.
1: A, Let's call it vertical structure dancing, and the vertical structure yeah. would be. The oh,
0: okay. <laughs>
1: vertical structure dancing. Yeah. I can I can think of any euphemism. Trust me, I'm good at it. Yep. Oh, okay. good. Hmm.
4: Okay. Yeah. So so that's happening. I guess I do not even know how we got on that topic. Oh, I, don't either. Well, I was going to talk about sexuality as we as we age and how it's different. Ooh. So we have our twenty year olds in early college, and they tend to be more demonstrative and and like. Um, showy with their sex they tend to be like it's more of a show it's more about how do you see me how do you perceive me and by the time we get up to our 40s and 50s you know we really get into our own bodies and seeking our own pleasure and more grounded in who we are so the sex really becomes better for a woman as she gets older generally speaking and by the time we're in our 40s late 40s men and women become sort of equal in their hormone drives and their mm. desires and their like how often they want sex. So if you look at all the studies, married, singles, really around late 40s, they, men and women become very balanced. It's a great, great time for men and women in couplehoods to, to connect and get really real about sex and just do whatever they want and be super honest and intimate because they're very balanced with each other as far as how often they want it so what's, and so emotional what's the sex.
1: Emotional and physical. So men
4: in their late 40s tend to be more emotionally connected than they were in their 20s as far as the rewards Mm -hmm. emotionally for sex become as much as the physical. I don't know if I'm saying that in a way that's clear. No, you are. That makes perfect sense. yeah, Yeah, there's an imbalance sort of in the 20s where men are very physically driven. Not to say they're not emotionally, they are, and there's a huge spectrum there. But generally speaking, the male body, the typical masculine, cisgender, blah, blah body is um, more motivated physically. And then as they get older, you become really balanced. And and the females tend to be very emotional about sex. And um, we tend to less ask for what we want and and be able to, and that's partly upbringing, but um, be able to just advocate for our own personal pleasure in a way that's,
1: um, you know, You have to be married forever. You have to do it for fun kind of thing.
4: (laughs) Yeah. So 40s and 50s is a really fun time. And and there's a lot of – ageism about sex whereas like a lot of people like oh people stop doing it and what they found is in this, married couples in their 70s and 80s are on average doing at least once a week and if and they found all kinds of other ways they've done such good studies with the 70s and 80s you're um, married and singles uh-huh. and they found that they they know how to they know how to get their erections going like they're not just like well i can't get it up so forget it they're very creative um they're very patient. They'll take a lot longer. It doesn't bother them very little, whereas a man in his 40s, it's just starting to get um, not as hard at the drop of a hat, right? He can't perform like he used to. And I know you hate that word. Let's not say perform. Well, no, but there's an the, advantage that, to
1: that. I, I don't like the word perform yeah. because we're not trying to steal so that you know get a mackerel, and that's Correct. why we do it. You know, I mean, that's yeah. it's like, well, you do it. You're only doing. You only want one thing. I mean, give me a break. It's such nonsense. Although but sometimes younger... I will
4: clap for my man when he does a good job. I will. Well, so there will, you
1: go. Well, so that's good. Does he clap for you when you do a good job too? I mean, I mean, fair is fair, no, this right? This
4: is more my personality. I get really excited.
0: <laughs>
4: the things we talk about chill, on this show. But... Yeah. When you said a trained seal, I'm like, I just imagine. I'm like, oh, that was so fun. You know, I really. <laughs> but um, yeah, right? No. Yeah, one's do it again seals, So go
1: on. But <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. But the the younger guys, you know, they may be uh, into the physical stuff, but they can't do it as long as the older guys. The older guys, you know, have we can take our time. You know, it's that's uh, it's, uh,
4: right. So it's
1: so rare we're like for him, you know dude,
4: to have self control to be able to control when he comes yeah. to be able to like. Wait for her. Well, here's the I thing. Mean, there though, are tricks and then, you can do. You can do stuff with your hands to delay it. There's a lot you
1: can
2: do,
1: but this whole premature ejaculation, your body can't do before. What, it can't do what it's not ready to do. Okay. So I never understood that term. That term makes no sense to me because when you're younger, that's what your body does. Okay. But when you're older, your body does something different. And so uh so it's it's an entire so which so it's not premature, it's 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 where you are in your life. If you're like a seventeen year old guy, you know, with, with raging hormones, I mean you're gonna you know, but you can also do it a whole bunch more times. You know, so it's it, it, it there's a there's a different thing. So sex is different. Maybe not yeah. guys are bad well, get right, I promise I'll get right to you. But, but it's, it's not a bad thing for guys to be faster in their youth. That's just the way it is. So they shouldn't be demonized for that. But what you do is you have different sex when you're 20 than you do when you're 70. And so with 70, you got all the time in the world. But you're probably only going to do it once, and you're not going to be able to for another two or three days or whatever. I don't know what. I'm not 60, so I'll get there. I'll, I'll let you know.
0: Yeah, but spreading the seed. A, <laughs> yeah, but it's a
1: whole but it's a whole different uh, thing that physically, and this is where we're have been really humanized over the years. You know, they're not fast enough or they're too fast. They're not this and not that. Again, it gets back to performing and this is why I hate that term. And so what we need to do is is describe, you know, male sex in terms of what's natural for the guy at that particular age or health because if they're overweight, diabetic and all these other things, those things play into it. You know, a health healthy 8-year-old
4: I, I want to hear what Pionke has to say cuz he yeah, when it comes to here. sexuality. Okay. I feel like but I want to I feel get like that I want to get sexuality... that point out
1: though that don't demonize for what's natural. That's the thing I'm saying about uh, male sexuality. Of Pionke, course not.
4: Yes, no no. no. Well, but it's we don't done. Want to do that.
1: It's done all the time.
4: Well, so but I love Pianchi's comments on sex. So let's hear it. Go ahead. <laughs> he always says something profound. Well, does. Maybe
3: the woman is dead. Maybe the woman is dead. But you have to realize, too, no woman can bear as many babies as one man can produce. That's mm-hmm. why the man
1: has such urges. Mm-hmm. Yep. So well, that's why I said yeah. men to war because, you know, one decent guy can populate a whole village given time.
4: Sex is cheap, sperm eggs are precious. I mean, sperm is cheap, eggs are precious, they say, right?
1: Well, the, the, remember we talked about this evolutionary. that the, the reason that the you know guys have millions and millions of sperm is to is to compete with the, the previous guy that also has millions and millions of sperm. So it's a it's an evolutionary thing that the more sperm you can produce, the more chance you'll share your seed. You'll you'll be the one sperm mm-hmm. that will you know meet the egg, which is fascinating the way this works. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. All right. Anyway, but uh, don't, But yeah. So so we're we should really talk about sex in the decades. Maybe maybe What's not this really show. What's really interesting. Go ahead.
4: is the in older adults the the main reason that sex isn't happening if it's not happening is is health is the health that is the one factor that's um, the biggest um very so there's no so, there's
1: no age where sex stops because you simply correct
4: can't. there is no age where sex stops and the creativity of our very elderly is, is so fun is so what wonderful. else you can
1: do in the nursing homes i mean you know you got to find you got to some to occupy your day they don't let you you know race cars and floor plans so you got to do something
4: well, when I was working in the nursing homes? home we had we had challenges as that some of the ladies would go into gentlemen's rooms in the evening and their negligees, and we ha- you know, that's totally okay except the families would have a problem with it. Um Why? you have to tell the families. You can't well because they so, oh, my is mother or about. my father Exactly. You know that. But, but think about a lot of, you know, think about people have different opinions, right? And so you put your you put your elderly parent in a nursing home and, you know, they're mentally intact, but maybe they're frail a little bit. So they seem like a victim. Like, you know what I mean? And we have different, and, and well, our cultural views on, on the elderly. If you're
1: being preyed well, upon, either men or women. They're not, they're old but, and, but just,
4: sometimes the family sees them that way. Like oh. sometimes because they're frail elderly or, you know, more frail, you know the family is seeing oh, them as um, let them have sex, and 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 you have to tell the family no. Your mother is going into rooms asking for it, and so we have to come up with a solution because she's old enough. She, I mean, she's cognitively intact, so she can give consent. And the men she's visiting, we have to make sure they're cognitively intact because otherwise, you know, they can't give consent legally, right? And it's <laughs> a whole thing, and 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 then to deal with the families on top of on top of making sure that this is a safe situation for everyone and the family's coming in and their opinions.
1: Well, that's actually um, very interesting. Not too hard. What you do is you have the consenting people, the people that are still cognizant that can still function still make their own decisions. You put them on the floor together so they can all have sex at night. And then the people that's that are, that's usually that need, what happens. Oh, well, there you go. Then the people you need to care for You're right. For that's usually what happens. Except, oh,
4: except you have, okay. unfortunately you have, you have, you'll have some clients. I don't like to say patients, clients, who are sort of borderline, so they're about, like maybe they're a few months from getting Mm. transferred. I mean, the whole cognitive function is something that has to be assessed by several different medical professionals, you know, like regularly, you know, but it's it's fun to see. Ready for a question? Oh, yeah.
1: Does sex keep your brain functioning better when you're older, 80s and 90s, things like that?
4: So that's that has shown that what it, what they what studies have shown is is older older couples who have sex regularly they followed them before and after death and mm-hmm. what they found was the couples that were having it you after weeks, death? once a week what, what,
0: what, is that what you so said?
4: after so what what I meant is after they die they go back and look and see who died who oh, died okay. and what they found was the couples that had the most sex lived the longest again this is a that's positive It doesn't prove anything. It doesn't prove no, anything, does.
1: but I think
4: it does, too. Let's just say it does. Revelation.
1: Let's have a revelation. <laughs> revelation time. I want you old folks to go out and have all the sex you can. Stay alive. Stay healthy. Keep mm-hmm. your brain active. Keep your body active. Have lots of sex. And this is for you.
0: Lots of sex. Any kind of sex.
4: <laughs> and that doesn't mean it doesn't have to be vaginal penetrative sex, right? We don't have, it doesn't, not doesn't. everything has to be. All kinds of sex count. Yeah.
1: Describe. Do older people have different sex than younger people?
4: Well, so or as, as it shifts, variations on the, the theme. Variations, of course, but as the vagina stops producing as much lubrication, again, that's not for every woman. And there's all kinds of, oh my gosh, there's stuff. nutrition. There's all kinds of mm-hmm. stuff.
1: There's there's, there's uh, not just products, and but and, what yeah. you
4: eat and drink. Produ- mm-hmm. help, what you eat and drink, and the supplements you take, can absolutely affect your ability to have vaginal lubrication. So That's a separate really? topic. But it is within your control. So there's some genetic component, obviously. Um, there's uh-huh. some hormonal component, which which I believe is also nutrition based. But um,
1: well, there's a desire component everything... too. <laughs> this is like your safety. Yes, component. of
4: course there is. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, 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 yes. But um, yes. Yeah, so vaginal lubrication begins to decrease in a lot of women, and mm-hmm. men can't get quite is that as a hard thing? or as often.
0: Is that time
4: With yes. It's a hormonal, okay. yeah, hormonal changes in the late 40s, early 50s, menopause, estrogen. Um,
1: okay. Why are yeah. they called so menopause when it happens to women?
4: Isn't that weird? Well, menstruation is, is like a Latin root word. So men.
1: Stop of the men thing. It isn't women things. Okay, fine. Go ahead. The men can't do that All right. Well, they want to <laughs> pause
4: funny. the men. Just kidding. <laughs> men oh, is that, is
1: that, is that, no, is is your, but it doesn't work cause they're having <laughs> sex in the 90s. Do they have 100-year-olds having sex? I, I don't
4: know. I really, I think most of the studies go up to late 80s, early 90s because most people die, but I'm sure they're, you know. I'm just curious. Um, they haven't found an age where sex stops entirely because of an age at all. So what, you know, older people will spend a lot well, of time relief. on board play, generally speaking.
1: Well, because well, like I say, at that point, what you know, it's not like you have a job to go to. <laughs> it's not like you have to do stuff. You know, you got all, you have. you got, you got time, you know? So, I mean, this, yeah, that's so, right. so, so, so what makes your day when you're an older person, if you don't have to work, you know, your family is supposedly taking care of you allegedly, you know, or if you're in a nursing home, I mean, one of the things you look forward to, you know, lunch, sex, you know, movies, entertainment, you know, getting out and doing stuff. I mean, how much, this is, I think, uh, this is a great deal of longevity it has to do with how, how much interest you have in life and what you can still do. If you can still paint, you know, in your eighties and nineties, what oh, was it, uh, Grandma Moses was the painter, or Mom's maybe. I, I keep forgetting, but there was a the, the woman who painted. So she didn't start painting. She was she, she was like 78, became a fabulous artist.
4: I, um. Yeah, I mean, so everything ev- things get better, and this myth that everything gets worse and you die is such a lie. Um, all hmm. the couples surveyed, the sex improved into their 70s and 80s, got better and better and better. More emotional closeness, more willingness mm-hmm. to experiment, less less taking well. anything seriously. A lot of playfulness. Um,
1: that raises yeah. another question. I mean, does sex get mm-hmm. better with the same person? in other words, why you know if you're with the same with the same person there's, there's, there's two things that are going to happen: one you're going to get bored and divorce you know, or, or the partnership's going to break up, or you're going to get better and better and have more fun I've never understood this idea that you know you have to sleep with a different person every you know whatever time period one day, six months, five years, whatever because if you, you like the person you're with and you, you never have to change them and it, things would get better, I would assume, having both long and short term experiences with relationships. Um, so from what I've know, read, from, yeah.
4: from what I've read, it looks like married couples in their 70s and 80s, if you last, ready go, if you last that long and you're still having a sex life, it's much better. It okay. gets much better. It's, it's, huh? it gets better in different ways. In different ways, not necessarily the ways you know.
1: Well, yeah, you know each like other so well at that point. Like, have they studied high school sweethearts who are got married at like 18 and in their 70s are still, you know, holding hands and still being affectionate? I mean, isn't that the real difference, that there are couples that mm. become, that they become, you know, I, I call them, you know, front starers. The, the, the couple who's driving in the car don't say a word to each other wherever they're going. They just stare forward. You know, their own, their, their <laughs> so They're lost so depressing. They're so the depressed. They're so isolated. at the, the, the-, the-, the- Yeah, there's no sex happening there. They're just going through the motions. However, there are other couples that have been together 50, 60, I don't know, however many years. You know, they're still holding hands. They still look at each other. They still flirt. You know, they still get excited to see each other. You know, it is such a difference, you know, and I'm sure those are folks that are still having the sex life. They've got to live longer. They've got to be happier. There's got to be, uh, this all has to be connected, the spiritual, physical, sexual. It's all got to be the same kind of thing, I would think. Yes, and it's all,
4: and it's decision. It's intention and decision. So, I think a long time ago, you and I talked about relationship contract. Um, Uh I I feel like if you're you're non-spoken or or actual relationship contract, you can make that part of it. Like we are committed to continue having fun in bed. You know, the ups and downs of life and family and things that come, Uh job loss and things that come. This is part of our commitment that at least once a week or at least twice a week, we're going to connect in bed in an intimate way. Whether yeah. or not that involves penetration, we touch each other's bodies, we look into each other's eyes, we breathe together, we say I love you, we, we maybe visually appreciate the other person's body, whatever intimacy and connection means to you that we're going to commit to that at least blank times a week. And I, I think that that just would be, should be a non-negotiable. I don't know.
1: Well, Absolutely. But isn't that a form of cheating? I mean, you don't have to cheat with somebody else. You can cheat on your partner mm-hmm. or a spouse by simply not being with them. I mean, I think it's a legal term for it. If I remember my, we've done a lot of family court stuff. Alienation of affection, where one person purposely withdraws well, affection from of somebody affection, else.
4: Isn't that when? I, I think it's a legal when, term. So- well, I thought alienation of affection was what someone outside the marriage does. Like, if you have an affair outside the marriage, that person can say no, for alienation I think it's of inside. affection. The other no, I think it's
1: one spouse basically, you know, cuts off all emotional connection with the other spouse. And yet they still want to marry. So in other words, you're trapped because if you're a decent person, you know, you can't have affairs. You can't go find someone else for emotional support. But the person that you're with won't uh, won't uh, give you any any emotional contact either. I think that's what alienation well, of affection is. I I'm could gonna, be wrong. I'm
4: going to guess that if, if you're experiencing alienation of affection, it takes two to tango. So, you know, you either married a whack job or you have participated in – I'll
1: take the fifth on that. You know, the breakdown.
4: <laughs> well, or you participated in the breakdown. You've participated in the breakdown mm. of, of the connection, of the closeness. I mean, it mm-hmm. doesn't just come out of nowhere,
0: right?
1: Mm, Not necessarily. <laughs> I'll explain later. Okay. Later. Um, but uh, but yeah. See, I don't, I don't think know. I think there are I think there are, are dysfunctional the couples. Uh, yeah, to a certain point. Uh, but if you have like a narcissist empath relationship, we can talk about that at some point. Um, that there's a whole different thing. If you have uh, oh wait, personality- hold
4: on, Greg. What? Yeah. I just looked it up. Alienation of affection is a, is is a lawsuit filed by a married person. Mm-hmm. alleging that a third party's actions destroyed the love and affection in their marriage.
1: Oh, okay. So, so that is different someone i different. the marriage. Okay. Yeah. I thought that mm-hmm. it was withholding uh, affection within a marriage by one or by one person, you know, towards the, other. that marriage.
4: might be called emotional neglect. I don't think that's a legal thing though. I don't believe okay. that's legal. I believe you can, you can call it out and say it affected. Is that
1: grounds the block, for divorce? But is that grounds for I a mean, divorce? I don't, I don't, I don't believe under, it is Greg. Uh, breakdown, irretrievable breakdown or, or just, you know, it's over kind of thing. I'm just curious. I, guess it's my I don't lawyer think instincts. you can sue yeah. for emotion Well, you wouldn't sue for it, um, but you could I, get divorced over it. In fact, if you have one person, well, that's that's the other extreme. So the extreme, the one extreme is the happy couple, high school sweethearts, still having sex in their 70s. And the other extreme is a complete emotional cutoff by one or both people. And, and if one person does it, the other person out of self-defense might do it also. So I don't know if it's, if it's necessarily a mutually agreed upon thing. I would tend to doubt it.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think the emotional abandonment or whatever, stop having se- withholding sex. There's no, you don't have a legal, you don't have a legal um, stance there because you're not going to sue for sex like, but you if know, you're in a oh, marriage, isn't sex. that, uh, mm-hmm. just
1: like you said it's with a religious the marriage contract, thing. isn't that, That's but isn't that the religious. deal with marriage? The deal with marriage is, you know, you'll be faithful to this one person and then, and they will be faithful to you and, and you'll have sex together. The guy says, well, I'll have sex with you only. I'm not going to have sex with anybody else, even though being That's a guy, a I certainly thing. could. Oh. So if you go
4: to church and you get married in the church right. um, your church might scold you or thank you and say you should have had more sex That's his husbandly right to have sex with his wife but that's really old school antiquated religious thing. No, what is, I'm not saying about as a we right. Know I'm, now. Not,
1: I'm not talking about it as a right. I'm talking about the fact that if you're married and you want to stay in a faithful, wonderful, loving, connected marriage and one person, you know, is, is one is cutting off the other. And I'm not assuming, you know, women and guys, but I think it, it can work both ways. And I'm saying but as one person in a marriage can, cuts off the other person from any kind of affection. All right. and now your 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 instinct would be to find that somewhere else okay but you don't you don't want to do that because you don't want to be unfaithful that is an unfair that is an unfair burden upon the marriage to to require somebody to be faithful then when, one, when one of the partners do the won't at, do their thing okay go ahead
4: then, do, uh, then they should do the work to reconnect with their partner because if someone doesn't sense. want to be physically intimate it's because they don't feel emotionally connected you know, I mean, it's very masculine. Again, I'm going to talk about masculine energy here. It's very masculine to be able to have sex without an emotional connection. Not all men. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying it's a very masculine quality to be able that? to do that. We discussed well, we really? discuss that for men in the 20s. I mean, a, a guy in his 20s or late teens or 20s can absolutely have hookups and not really, it doesn't really affect, affect them. That's common. Um, mm. And so, so. That must be the aberration. Women,
1: I like you might be, the,
4: like I said, there's a spectrum, obviously, you know, not everyone yeah. fits into that, but for the average, very feminine person, um, they need a lot of emotional connection. So if you're not having sex but in your marriage, one person so isn't feeling it. And so the repair needs to happen on an emotional level, um, Wait before the physical can happen.
1: But if a guy is having sex without an emotional contact at all, that means a woman is having sex without an emotional contact at all, unless she's making it up. How does that work?
4: Um, say it again. I'm what, sorry.
1: Well, what women are having sex with guys that have absolutely no emotional content, no connection, no nothing? There's no humor. There's no jokes. They're not relating. They didn't have fun. They didn't dance on the dance floor. They didn't have several drinks together. They didn't decide, hey, we're having so much fun. Let's just keep going. We're in our 20s. You know, that, that is a connection. You know, it may not be the greatest, longest term connection, but it's still a connection. How does a woman have sex with a guy that, where the guy has absolutely no emotional connection at all? It's just a it's like a, a body on autopilot. Oh, just going through the motions here. You know, because it's fun and it's like... I mean,
4: I think that... that
1: doesn't make sense.
0: De-
4: well, they deceive themselves. People have sex for all kinds of reasons. If you're having sex for validation and to get attention and maybe you're attracted to someone and they're not attracted to you and you think you can... I mean, again, this huh. all comes down to good sex ed. We need better sex ed. <laughs> okay, no, I agree with
1: you, but I'm just curious <laughs> as to how, like I say, I got I to gotta ask you because, you know, like I say, girl talk, guy talk, we both have assumptions about each other um, that, mm. uh, that, that this is what we need. To, this is, I think, one of the most valuable things you and I can do on this show is to get our girl and guy assumptions out there and, and find out, mm-hmm. you know, what the other person's thinking. Because I think a lot of times, mm-hmm. you know, I'm finding things that you think that, about guys that I don't think is true. And it, may, it well, might just be true for me, and it might be true for most guys. I don't know, but this is why I don't know how men can have no contact. Yeah, well, that you can have emotional. your
4: experience, and that's your experience. But right. if you look at the typical male and the mm-hmm. typical female throughout throughout the years, a man in his twenties, early thirties, most will say most, if you if you look at it, will say they can have a sexual encounter without any plans for the they future with this can. person without.
1: They can, but do they have want to have an
4: enjoyable? Have an enjoyable? Exactly. They, well, they 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 would like to release sperm and have an ejaculation. They would like to have sex, and they can have um, an intimate encounter with someone without having a future with them or even too much of an emotional connection. I mean. Even somebody, they but kind of want them to leave right after. They want to have sex and they want them to leave. They don't really like <laughs> them that much. So that, that's and women,
1: very common. Women can't do that. So the women who do leave now, and
4: do have sex. again, there's a chance some women can. Okay. Right. Some women can. Some women do. Generally speaking, the feminine doesn't work that way It doesn't feel very fulfilled and feels a little... Crappy after that kind of thing. So but, we we push well, women to do that culturally, but it's not really their their bad yeah. You know. And who's to
1: say the guys don't feel bad about it either? I mean, I don't think I think uh, I think there's a lot of you know remorse the next day. Is like, oh geez, like, you know, it's like that seven course meal. You should have stopped at the third one. <laughs> it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. You know, you should just stop the dance floor and making making out in the back room, and then said, okay, oh this is great. Yeah, let's meet next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pick up where we left off. Yeah, there's a lot there's of… I think that there's of, a
4: physical, uh, primitive physical need for men, uh, especially young men, to spread their seed. I mean, that sounds so old-fashioned, but there's something very mm-hmm. primi- primitive, which is why they're more able to do that and not feel remorse or regret. And again, it's not all. We have a spectrum, but it's very much more common with young men. Mm-hmm. And um, there's yeah, nothing that's, wrong that's, with that. We just need to educate everyone,
1: you know? Yeah. I mean, I think yeah, I, guys okay. have a natural primitive instinct to have sex. I understand that. I was a young guy. Uh, but on the other mm-hmm. hand, we still have a conscience. We still have a brain. We still have a mind. We still have a, oh, geez, I don't want, you know, a pregnancy at, you know, 17. Or I don't want uh, the complications. Or this is messing up my life. Or I don't want a relationship because I'm trying to get through high school physics. You know, so there's a lot of reasons not to to have the more extensive thing besides you know that you can't override that you have to be able to override that primitive brain otherwise we'd all be murdering each other out there and stealing your food mm-hmm. you know if if we lived on the primitive level we'd be you know we'd be very primitive and that we've gotten past that so why you, wouldn't you get past that with sex also you'd have to say at some point I and mean, probably that's the difference between you know the the completely unemotional slugs out there the neanderthals that are meeting other neanderthals to have sex with uh, because they don't care, you know, but I think most people do, even especially I think a lot of guys do, but they won't admit it. The guys like to be thought of as being able to have unemotional sex, but the truth is, the real truth, when you really get down to ask them, nah, I think that's a myth. I think it's, uh, I think it's like guys that brag about 15 partners when they're still virgins. You know, it's the same kind of thing. There's, there's an ego component that I think might be stronger than the actual physical action of or what has taken mm-hmm. place. Just a thought. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
4: Yeah, I, I don't... That's interesting
1: thought. Yeah. yeah. I'll say that. I'm here to give you guy talk. This is, this is my job. Because <laughs> <laughs> you deal with women all the time. So I've got balance. And here's something interesting, too. How come all the, 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 at least the modern days, the sex therapists, the sex educators, are always women? In fact, the, the people speaking on behalf of men's rights, for the most part, are women, too. Women are listening to I don't to know that they're many. all
4: women. I I don't know what the breakdown is, but I know my, my teacher and my post-master's certificate was a man, and we had about equal men and women in our program. Hmm.
0: Um,
4: and, you know, in the Charlotte area, some of our... Uh, two of our best-known sex coaches are men. So I haven't hmm. seen that myself. But again, I have a okay, of statistics on it. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm thinking like Dr. Ruth and, and some of the other sex doctors on TV, they're always women. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just don't hire guys to do it. May, so I look, think
4: that I was the older, maybe that was in the past, perhaps.
1: Okay. Um, when
4: I was in Costa Rica, I met a man who um, does tantric sex healing. And, uh, he's, ha- he's hands on. It was very interesting to hear him talk about his work. how, ha-
1: how, how hands on was this sexual healer? <laughs> well,
4: and this is controversial. And again, oh, sure we're, it is. The, but the area of study is still developing standards and certifications to make sure that people don't abuse this. But, um, you know, he was working with a woman who had never had an orgasm and she was in her thirties and he would spend four to six hours with her a day, um, Talking with her, trying to release trauma, and then uh, manually manipulating her, and she was able to achieve orgasm for the first time in her life. Uh, but you know, again, he was male. Obviously, I personally wouldn't want to do that. I'm not hands-on. Everything I do is talking and um, guiding. But you know, there's there's
1: there's so is space that part for of that in counseling and, now. I mean, I've heard of sexual surrogates. Look, I guess those are ones that that help you know people have sex.
4: Right, you come in, yeah, an, an an unbiased safe place to help someone develop like healthy sexuality. And then huh. they have a block with with having sex. They have some sort of psychological block. Yeah.
1: What would cause that other than experience, like a horrible experience? So do, do Is it something that ever comes about naturally? Are people born with a block, or is that something that's usually a, a traumatic, a, you know, like an assault or a rape situation or things like that, or incestuous situation? It's it usually
4: – we're talking about like a psychological almost always, like a vaginismus, titan, the involuntary tightening of the vagina to not let anything penetrate so tight that you know she can't have sex, lack hmm. of lubrication. There's so many psychological – psychological things that can happen for men uh, I had a married couple and the man had an idea that women a wife should be uh, chaste and that came from his upbringing and his he's been, the, the, the the once a the woman's married she should be very chaste like a holy respected queen virgin in the Wait, home how do you think he children.
1: got born <laughs> did he was born immaculately or something or what
4: so for whatever reason, again, it's, I'm sure it's parenting and cultural, huh.
0: um,
4: he got the idea of that. So once he married his wife, he could not have sex with her. He couldn't get erection with her. So they went to counseling and for quite a long time, and they were able to get past that. But um, So it's not just women, wow. you know, men too.
1: No, I'd say I I say never assume that anything is just women or just men uh, on any of these topics we talk well, about. Well,
4: usually it's women, though, that come for the sexual – because they were sexually abused or traumatized, and they can't okay. – so the vagina can't lie, right? I mean, I guess the erection mm-hmm. can't either. but, like, you know – Well,
0: no,
1: a guy doesn't want to have vagina, sex, he's he's not, not going responding. To, you know, a guy might say, well, I was too drunk or something like that, but he might say, you know, I really didn't want to be with that person, but I couldn't say I didn't mm-hmm. want to be with that person because I'm a guy. I'm supposed to be with every woman you know, that comes along. And so there's, a, I think there's a pressure on guys to be with every woman, even when they don't want to. So the way the body tells mm-hmm. the guy, this is the wrong person to be with for whatever reason, emotional, spiritual, sexual, you know, pressured, whatever. The, your body yeah. just
0: nope,
1: you ain't doing it, dude. <laughs> you know, and so, uh, you know, guys don't talk about these things, but I, I think they really happen. They really do. But, yeah, so guys, same thing. You know, a guy doesn't want, if his, if his conscious, his subconscious, says, you're not doing this with this person. There's something wrong here. Whatever that ancient primitive vibe is, you know, then I think that happens. I think it happens a lot too. Guys won't say so, you know, get things out the guys won't say. But uh, yeah, I think that's every bit as possible as women that don't have sex for, you know, you know when, when the parts close up or don't work, there's a reason. And it might not just be physical. It might be very emotional. Mm-hmm. It might be a decision that they can't talk about. Especially the guys in the That's fraternities. Right. You know, did you have sex with that woman you took in your room last night? Well, yeah, I did. We had great sex. Didn't have sex at all, right? They can't say that. So, you know, the, guys are, the guys are right there. So now he's got to lie about it. So now he feels doubly bad because he has to lie about it. And the fact his body told him, this is the wrong thing to do. Why aren't you listening to me? So then it the makes you listen by not having sex. Body has amazing so control over general- people. hmm
0: mm-hmm.
4: Well, so usually a younger man, even if he was traumatized, I mean, it depends on the level of trauma, can still get erections when he wants to. It mm-hmm. t- tends to start creeping up more as they get a little bit older and that yes. that huge surge of testosterone starts. Then, then you know, you might see more of lack of ability to get an erection or lack of ability to achieve orgasm. Um, hmm. So, yeah, but with women, you can early on this lack of um, turn on and the super tight vagina and the um, just petrified fear and dissociating during sex and that kind of thing, you know, it's not even present, not even there in their body. So the sex surrogates, there's a place for sex surrogates, a a valid role in in therapy. You know, I think mm -hmm. probably less so, less so than other forms, but, you know,
1: well, the abuse potential is so high with something like that.
4: Right, so the regulatory needs to be super tight, and I feel like we're a little behind on that, almost like science technology, like these eager Mm -hmm. scientists developing this crazy stuff, and there's not regulatory enough work done for safety, and and so –
1: you know, yeah. you know, you didn't ask if you should, you just asked if you could. It's the old Jurassic Park, Jeff Goldblum mm-hmm. line. Yeah. So here's a question for you guys. That's right. I'm, I'm, always, mm-hmm. you know, I'm always curious about, yeah, thank you, about this too. So how many guys, uh, because their body's going to drive them, it's like, okay, you're compelled, let's let's put all these primitive urges and all that kind of stuff, and all that goes. And how many guys are having sex that they, you know, if they didn't have that that strong physical testosterone drive, would have decided, hey, maybe we just sit have sit on the dance floor instead. I mean, how, you know, and then regret it the next day. I bet you there's a large percentage you know of and that's not talked about a whole lot either just because guys can do it and they accuse of doing it and they get accused of having unemotional sex how many times is it mm-hmm. looked at as unemotional and they may use that as a defense when in reality you know they, they didn't want to but felt compelled to or their body sort of took away with them and they didn't use the the upper brain
4: i don't really know but i will say greg i think that it's pretty um widely accepted and doesn't seem to be um too too heavily debated that younger men are ready to have sex at the drop of the hat and they get and and some of this is hormonal I'll right? say the that. different things that are released the different it's things the that are released during sex, they're not yeah. as not as likely to have an emotional devastation emotional loss and feelings okay. of regret afterwards as women. Mm-hmm. It's just, and I'm saying there's a spectrum, but it just isn't there. Now, as our culture beats down and says you should, you should, you should, maybe that will change. Maybe that's changing. Mm-hmm. You know, but I don't think it's an inherent part of being, a, I think, I don't think it's an inherent part of being masculine to um, be super choosy at a certain age to be super discriminatory about who you're having sex with and how often i i think it's kind of a free-for-all in a certain age bracket generally speaking and i think it's been that way since it's you know the dawn of time for reasons of procreation and and there's nothing wrong with it i think seeing seeing something wrong with it i mean the only thing wrong is when we hurt others right so which is why communication is so important um to teach that in sex ed right so have sex as much as you want knowing that women get bonded and knowing, I mean, in my opinion, you're slightly responsible. You're really connecting with someone spiritually when you have sex. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope so. So teaching, teaching young, young men how to be discriminatory, how to be choosy, how to be respectful of others, even with this strong, almost just consuming biological drive to, to have a, know, as much of a variety of women as possible and ejaculate as much as possible.
1: You know, it's interesting when, when you talk about men, especially in that last uh, term, it's always what men should do for women. It's, it's you know, I, I've, I have yet to see, you know, real sex talk about what, what guys are really feeling, what they should do for themselves or what they should, you know, what kind of control they can take, what feelings they might have. I think that there's a huge lacking thing because I think there is an assumption that most young young men, especially, you know, have sex, you know, without emotion. They just do it and everything's fine. And I'm saying everything's not fine. I think there's a problem. Because everybody thinks everything is fine. You know, and you just said it yourself, you know, young men should consider this, 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 and this. But not one of them concerned the actual man himself. I find that interesting. Okay. Hmm. I have stumped the teacher. <laughs>
0: I'm just
4: listening. I'm processing. I'm processing. Okay. No,
1: you, you, I mean, feel free to process. Yeah. And this is why I like to raise these issues because I think there's a huge, I think there's a huge component component of, of emotional, spiritual male development that has been completely ignored by the scientists, the sex coaches, the sex ed- educators, and by men themselves. I there's, there's something missing here. So I, I feel duty bound to uh, speak about it.
4: Okay. Yes. Yeah. You will. You stand up for men. You do a quite good job of it.
1: Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, since I'm the only guy here right now, I'm kind of it's sort of. I we well, don't. Really have much I, don't I don't
4: feel it's a bad thing. I don't. I think that if we view this yeah. urge for
1: for mm-hmm. young men
4: to have sex as much as they can, and
1: mm-hmm. I, I,
4: I, if we view this as a bad thing somehow, then then that changes the a bad it's thing. A I wonder. Yeah.
1: But it's a it's a natural thing. So if it's a natural thing, then how do we respond to it if it's a natural? In other words, if if guys are predisposed to have all kinds of sex all kinds of times, you know, maybe three or four women a day if possible. That's an interesting thought. Um we need we need to deal with that just as so we deal with the thirty year old couples, the, you know, men and women, the forty year old men and women, the fifties, sixty, 80s, and ninety. You know, I think it's fascinating the way these decades go.
4: I do too. We need excellent birth control and um Good mm-hmm. education and you know, there was a time in human history in many cultures where the young men would be, you know, mentored by the older woman, the woman past menopause or in menopause. And that seems to oh. actually as How's weird that as that is, well, that well, that that she would be his sex teacher. She would be the teacher and the guide sexually as sex him into their own. Think about yes. Think about how hmm. again you know, just, just objectively. And like all the ideas are interesting, right without judging it, but like Uh that actually seems like a good fit. So we know that the woman in her, I mean, not every, obviously there's always a spectrum, but typical women in their fifties, early fifties, late forties, the sex drive increases, their testosterone and estrogen is now balancing. They're becoming sort of androgynous hormonally. Right. And, Uh um, sex drive increases, desire for sex, um, inhibition decreases. So, think what a match that would be for a young man coming into a sexual, like versus a very fertile woman at that age. So it, it you know, when you read books like sex before dawn or you look at like the research that has been done, that's an interesting solution to that issue is matching so
1: what are, up. What, what are, the two, what are the two ages
4: Sex drive. What is our solution well, here?
1: So we, we teach young men about having sex, you know, so the older women, like forties, fifties, or even, I don't know, 60s? I don't know. Where, where do I don't you know. Do a woman past,
4: past menopause
1: so who can menopause no longer about? have
4: babies.
1: So what's that Well, about? a woman 40, who can 50? no longer have babies. that We
4: don't have the risk of, of these unwanted children. We don't have the risk of right. unwanted children. we sense. have a sex drive that's well matched, and um, we're not traumatizing huh. young okay. women left and right by this, um, you know, because their sex drives aren't usually matched at that age, well, right? And then they're very fertile. Mm-hmm.
1: Because you know, I remember back in, 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 I guess, older times, like guys would, uh, fathers would take their sons to, to prostitutes. Well, you better start now, son. You know, that kind of crazy crap. You know, I heard that kind of stuff goes on. This makes a lot more sense. You know, that there's an older woman. Now, is this, we're talking ancient cultures, different cultures, different nationalities. What are we talking about? Who's actually doing this? It's kind of an intriguing thought. Uh,
4: Well, if we look at history, it's going way, going back when we were, sort of more in villages and tribes and mm-hmm. like this, that was not uncommon. And then now who's doing it? I don't, I have to research that. I've read about this. It's been years. Uh, no,
1: it's fascinating. Well, it I'll tell you yeah. why I'm, I'm curious because in my twenties, and I'll be honest, uh, the women I, I was attracted <laughs> to were in their thirties and we get along fabulously mm. well. Uh, I'm not mm-hmm. sure why exactly, but women in, in their twenties, when I was in my twenties, we just didn't connect up as well for some reason, you know? And so women, women in their thirties just seemed nicer. You know, they had mellowed a bit. They didn't want to date my bank account or my car. You know, they're they, wanted, they were more interested in me as a person, and I was interested in them. And maybe it's just, the, like I said, I keep thinking I was from another planet. You know, I'm not the typical anything. But it just seemed to me that it made more sense and had better, stronger friendships, relationships with uh, women who are like 10 years older than me. So this actually makes it – this is why I'm, I'm curious about this topic, that had I you know, met someone, you know, past menopause who said, well, Greg, let me uh, – the way the world is, that would be a in rather interesting thought. That's what I'm kind of curious.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it probably mm-hmm. works. Mm-hmm. So what was the purpose of this? What was the, what was the idea here? What, was, what were they? Do, what were the women doing for the guys? And what were the guys doing for well, the women they didn't? Well, the yeah.
4: older woman would be given, and I, again, I wish I had this in front of me.
1: We'll do um, week. I tend, okay. to
0: not,
4: I tend to not remember dates, times, and, um, but what I do is I put it into my long-term memory if it's valid. Like if it's, it's a well-vetted valid source, I tend to file it so that I can repeat yeah. it back, then I don't remember the culture we'll exactly. But, um, we'll do a cougar show. We'll do a cougar show next week. Week. It was not uncommon, <laughs> and it still goes on. Uh-huh. And the older woman teaches the younger men about sex and how to be patient, how to do it correctly. Um, she has the patience and the wisdom. And, and, um,
0: this sounds like a good It's a safe thing.
4: place. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. a safe
4: place for him to, you know, not, not hurt anyone's feelings or not hurt anyone's body. You know, mm-hmm. there's no, there's there's a lot of less vulnerability with the older woman and a lot more confidence, and
1: um this makes a lot of sense. She can
4: basically, she can basically handle him, right? It does so make so these, much sense to me. Also, how, mm-hmm. how do we
1: match up these people? Are these friends of friends? Is this professional? Is this? Is well, this but we're talking about a
4: village me? setting. So in the village okay. setting, apparently it was it was certain assigned. There's certain women who were like considered. That was their. That was Coaches? Like their. Coaches. Forte, yeah, like some were really good cooks, and some are, you know, maybe the the weavers. That was like sort of their forte. That was what they okay. were good at. Mm-hmm. Right. Hmm. It's just so interesting who's how we have these ideas of sexuality in our culture and what's okay and yeah. what's not okay. And then if we mm-hmm. look at actual tribes and indigenous people, and we look at history, like um, DNA and uh, evidence from a long, long time ago, like what was actually done and how different it is, and what we consider natural and normal versus what humans have
1: done this that works really seems well very natural it seems very natural and normal mm-hmm. quite honestly now so so what so the guys you know did the women get a benefit out of this or they they enjoy being with the younger guys or they just felt it was more a responsibility
4: oh i'm sure i mean why wh- you know i don't think i think like if you are a weaver or if you are a cook you're doing what you love i mean you're, mm-hmm. you're usually we are good at what we what we enjoy right and so
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, or we enjoy what we're good as a nurse. at <laughs> that's That 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 kind of works well. Yeah, and I and I
4: and I don't think it's as much a predatory thing like I want to get an orgasm for the women as it was a. This is something I'm really good. I'm a caregiver, honestly, and and this is a need. It's a physical need Mm -hmm. that a member of my tribe has, and I am the best person to handle this need and guide it in a mature way. So it's a good. it, It goes. It comes out in a good way versus coming out in a damaging way. Nobody so why, wants why don't a bunch we do of reckless this today? youth yeah. going sounds, going screwing the yeah. who wants a bunch of reckless youth in the village going around screwing all the young girls all the time they need an outlet, mm-hmm. and they need you know everyone needs to feel safe, so it just makes sense to me
1: yeah, I think I should do this today I, I think a lot of guys would benefit if thought you know you now, like what would you do for you? I, I think it's a fabulous idea. Yeah, yeah. It makes a lot yeah. of sense, too, because it beats all the misinformation out there. It beats all, all the yeah. guys having to, to feel horrible. It beats all the embarrassing situations that young folks have because neither one of them knows what they're doing yet. You mm-hmm. know, it, it, yeah. people come into sex with misconceptions. You know, the guys think what they should now do. And then have a
4: young guy who can... And then you have mm-hmm. a young guy who now goes to get married and he can pleasure his wife. So he has a young mm-hmm. wife. And again, I'm not trying to be religious perhaps. She's a virgin who knows what culture we're in at this time. But now mm-hmm. instead of a painful first experience, she has an amazing first experience. He's not like, you know, um, bursting at the seams trying to get into her and ejaculate because he's never – he hasn't had an opportunity. He's like, what's this going to be all about? A,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah.
4: yeah, he's now able to mm-hmm. be patient and teach her pleasure and she feels safe and cared for. It just mm-hmm. seems really lovely. And, and then somebody might say, well, wow, these women, what perverts, they should stick to their own age group. And I'll be honest, <laughs> I'm not, so, not, I'm not, not so sure an older woman is getting much out of it. I mean, it might be fun a little bit, but I would think it's more of a, like a, a caregiving type thing. You know, it's not like he knows. what he, I mean, take the time to teach someone who doesn't know how to have sex isn't really fun. And if you talk to any married women that ended up with a partner that didn't know what he was doing by a certain age, you don't really feel like teaching someone anymore. You really just want to enjoy yourself. So, um, yeah, so it's really, it, to me, it seems like, like a, like a very caregiving, giving thing to do, like a self-sacrificing, not necessarily a selfish
1: yeah. thing. Well, and you know what we have. Genders f- were
4: reversed, but.
1: Well, I want to talk, that's my next, that's my next question, but I was just thinking we teach, we have teachers for everything. If you want to learn ballet, you go to a ballet instructor, you know, uh, they, mm-hmm. don't, they may not be thrilled with the, uh, you know, teaching or or they may not, you know, uh, they may not have as much fun as they would on the dance floor in front of a huge audience, but they do it because they love teaching. Okay. Uh same I was mm-hmm. a flight instructor. You know, and I I taught I love teaching flying. Uh the frustrating part was they got to fly the airplane the whole time. So it was a sacrifice for me. Um, but the 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 greatest thing was I was building hours and the I was teaching people, and I had some incredible experiences with students. God, it was amazing. I'll tell you those stories sometime. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. in the same way, this is – but we, we look to teachers everywhere else. We have teachers in school. We have teachers – you know, you go on a job. You might have a mentor or a manager, or you might go into a training course or something like that. So in every aspect of our lives, it's perfectly normal to have an instructor, a trainer, a teacher, a counselor, or something, except in sex. That we're supposed to know all by ourselves, and that makes no sense to me. So this is a good idea yeah it?
4: right it doesn't make any sense and it's so important and we've made mm-hmm. it so we've become so prudish about sex so prudish that we don't even not m- a mis- So show. prudish, and not only that <laughs> so we so married couples staying married when their kids are young um yeah. so margaret mead used to say and i have to go after this but margaret mead used to say okay. there's three three marriages in a woman's life the first one's for sex second one for children third one for companionship mm-hmm. and and that's interesting because the second one for children You know, there's so much studies to show how the sex life drastically declines after babies and after children, and we don't educate people how to deal with that. And so then we have um, children being raised in homes frequently where there is like a lack of sexuality, a lack of intimacy, a lot of resentment. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, where do kids get to learn what good sex and healthy sex looks like? They Uh make at porn to learn it. So we're like really, really so sterile in our culture about sexual expression in front of children because we don't want to be perverts. I think kids need to see healthy, bonded couples kissing each other, flirting with each other, grabbing each other's rear ends, making (laughs) sexual comments, making sexual innuendos. They need to learn what sex is. That does not make them have more sex. Studies have shown that. It does not do that. So it's not a perverted thing. You have, we, we need our, our healthy sexual couples to be more demonstrative in front of children, I think. I'm not saying mm-hmm. have intercourse in front of them. I'm saying let them see, you know, what that vibe looks like at least. Well, knowledge is,
1: yeah, but once you know, you know, like I say, it's a mystery. If you don't know, whatever's forbidden, you're going to do. If you if you learning about that, it makes perfect sense. The more people learn about sex, the, the less they need is to have it out of ignorance or experimentation mm-hmm. or rebellion. You do it because you want to on the right side.
0: Yes,
4: and, you, and yeah. you want a good, healthy role model. I'm, and in the 70s, I have many friends who remember in the 70s that are older than mm-hmm. me that say when they were in high school, they were shown actual sex videos as part of their sex ed, as part of their health, mm. like the gym instructor or whoever. Like how yeah, to have they sex? they actually had couples having intercourse on a video. They went into a classroom and really? that was their sex ed. Yes. They're asking around. It's very funny. And I don't think it happened everywhere. It was wow. more and on
0: the web. my classes. But
4: <laughs> it's not mine either, but it sounds shocking at first. but so then I'm like, really? Why not? It's not porn. No, You're showing. Sense. I mean, yeah, I, yeah I, look, intention is everything. And, and mm-hmm. I feel like any of this stuff, if the intention is, um, comes from the heart and, and to educate and to be, um, you know, and if the intention is perverted, then it's a different feeling and kids pick up on that. But oh yeah, um, yeah. yeah we need, we well, need better sex ed for sure. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, let's pick up on that next week. I think another interesting topic would be uh, couples of, of, of very different ages, you know, 20, maybe even 30 years apart. Uh, and does that work? Mm, and then you can teach, yeah. then you can mm-hmm. tell me how we coach the young women. You know, and, and uh, I was joking around thinking if I should say that, oh, maybe I could be one of those guys who would you know, teach young women how to have sex. Just out of, out of see, the I don't think it works
4: heart. that way. I don't, yeah, I know I it doesn't. Do, I, know I, don't it do, know, I don't think see? it works that way because
1: – Isn't that interesting? Throughout it history, doesn't. we've
4: known throughout history because men and women are different sexually. And throughout history, right. we've known that. And, again, okay. I don't want to say anything against men, but generally speaking, we do need to protect um our girls who are less mm-hmm. sexual and more it emotional against, yeah. against predatory behavior. Mm-hmm. And no, I agree um, yeah, men absolutely. Will be men I, will be men. And we love men for who they are, but, but you know, um, yeah, no. <laughs> Isn't that
1: fascinating, though? I don't think <laughs> so. Is, this, I don't think you so. You know me I, mean? I always have to I always want to see everything from both sides. And, of course, it doesn't work that way. That's the fascinating part about it. And I think a big reason is because men have to perform. So if men are going to perform sex, then they have to learn how to, how to perform sex. And an older woman is a great person to teach. On that note, <laughs> this has been fascinating.
4: Yes. Love it. Love it. So okay. um, I will reconnect with you next week. And I love when you send me topics. And we didn't get to talk about power couples and sex. Yeah. But I'll tell you, that was an interesting topic when I researched it on my own. It was
0: kind
1: of fun. You never have to do a topic that I suggest. You never have to do it the week I suggest. If you, if you get like two months later, you go, hey, I found something great on that topic you mentioned. That's fine. There's no schedule here. You just, we talk about what we feel like, and obviously during our hour, there's no schedule because we keep talking about so many different things. Thank you again for another wonderful discussion. I really appreciate it.
4: I always have so much fun.
1: Yeah, me too. Let's do it next week. Uh, contact website things like that. Real quick, Dorothy Diana
4: on Facebook. So my website was up for a minute and it's down today, but it'll be up. Should be up by the end of the day. It's Yoni Yun Y O N I Y U um, N and that's where I connect with people who. Uh, would like to join me in my movement practice or um, other holistic health practices that I do, but a lot of it invo- um, involving reigniting the divine feminine, reigniting sexual feelings, and um, basically having fun in life, moving towards pleasure.
1: Yep, and you, you young guys, we're going to find a woman for you who knows what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I don't okay. have that on my website yet. That's not what of I offer. I don't. I don't okay. know if that's going
1: to be my bad, but no, uh, well, no judgment. We'll, we'll talk about that <laughs> next week. All right. Thanks, Dorothy. Take All right. Care.
4: Have a great week. Bye
1: bye. You too. Bye now. See, it sex and politics. What, what's more fun to talk about on Action Radio than uh, than this topic? Mondays are great here. I love Mondays because I get the first hour to rant. Uh, we get Jonathan in the second hour uh, to go over legal political issues, and then I get these amazing discussions I'm, I'm having with Dorothy Diana. Uh, I, I did not plan have a sex and sensuality report it just kind of dropped on me and i'm thinking but why not you know and i mean why why can't we talk about these things so this is this is where uh, this is where we go um i've got things in the works i want to find out more about that b-17 accident i'll be checking the vote uh tabulations i still don't think republicans matter as a party we'll talk about that later and the whole idea of sex i mean we're all talking about it but how many people are doing it that's another question for another time Great pengles for action radio uh the the most important site is in terms of what we do for for work is our, our bill writing site and that's writeyourlaws.com w r i t e y o u r l a w s writeyourlaws.com and of course everything else is here on our broadcast site where we have all our shows back to the beginning and of course all the information of our, our discounts our, our affiliates uh, the skype line you know the places you can contact to help contribute here give send go.com slash action radio and uh, paypal.com slash paypal me slash action radio so we're looking for sponsors You know, I will create ads for you and all the things we do here. And I will see you all tomorrow, 7 a.m. Central Time. Let's do it again. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis.